All right, guys. <laughs> Time to be funny again on the, on the new episode of Flat Chat. It's the Valorant podcast, huh? We it ha we did the thing happening. There was another there was another there was another Nexus event, and the timeline branched off. And here we are with a brand new. We got a new episode. There was another episode just lost in time. It's been erased. So here we are. Icebox is destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Icebox has been heated Finally. up. But we're we're it's episode don't know seventy five seventy five and we're like here to one. talk about Valorant guys I'm literally evaporated <laughs> right. so finished is, on the wait, TV is this the ARG has started the ARG has started Riot Central evaporates oh, <laughs> that no. happens this is the first move obviously I have to be involved you know it's it's in collaboration with other YouTubers as well is that on my end do I need to fix some this is, has never happened before. Oh, I mean, there he goes. All right, hold on. Let me see him put him I back just in. hear Ryan say, guys, do I have to fix something? Just gone. <laughs> just Is he here in the call? He's still in the call. Here. Yeah, he's still there. There he is. We found him. That's it. It gets so the engagement it's... up. Chat is going mental, obviously. They're like, what is this? And I don't have an answer for that. And I guess that's my intro. It's nice to be here. As per usual, it's a grand old thing. It's almost as good as the little section that I was going to do from the EMEA LCQs for the Plat Chat co-stream for NALCQ. Mm. But of course, everything was on fire, so it never saw yeah, the I mean, light that of day. Never, yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, a lot of people would like to forget about NALCQ, but that's fine. That's, uh, that's okay. But yeah, so, Ryan's here and uh, Josh isn't here, so someone's got to talk about you and then uh, the whole thing. We did the intro and then, guys... You bad and a good. Let's talk about 100 Thieves. You know who's not going to be on that team? Stewie2k. That's too bad because he joined the CS team. But they do have Baby J and Eccles. What do you guys think? That was a lot. That was a lot. That was. A, you seem a little I, stressed, Wyatt. That was a lot that you just went what? through there. I mean, you just do. You guys don't get viewers. If we ever find the the plat chat lost tapes, then you're gonna understand all everything I just did there. But that's. <laughs> I'm just gonna rehash my point. This roster looks solid. Uh, I don't think their ceilings as high as without Nitro. There you go. That's my thoughts on 100 Thieves. And yep. we're getting the cinematic here. This is the 100 Thieves cinematic. Oh, there dude, look at this crazy graphic that we're looking at for the first time. What? Sort of. It's not a Oh, it's Eco. Remember this? It's Eco against. Have any of you explained that we were re recording the beginning? Because yeah, I, I think screwed so. up the auto. I think <laughs> I did. Release the Wyatt cut. That's what we need to see. Yeah, where's the Wyatt cut? I mean, yeah. So we're we're we we did like the first two topics, and then Ryan leaked the new Valorant skins again or whatever. So we had to restart. So we had to restart to save his career. So here we are talking about isn't too far away from what happened. Is the best part of that. Like genuinely, uh, I don't yeah. know what the skins are, and uh, just by proxy, I don't give out riot buddies as well, just in case that starts riot up buddies. again. <laughs> well, first man. of all, I mean, yeah, I'm glad we cut up because he was talking about how you could get a riot gun buddy, and we cut. That yeah, out, that's so it. You can't reveal that information. Wow. That's just for Mitchman to share with those that are closest to him. So yeah, I leave that <laughs> up for him. Okay, so hundred thieves. They got okay. They they the, Ryan. You're from Europe. What do you make of Eccles going to NA? <laughs> 
The funniest thing about it as well is that he's, because he's still in the UK now, he's waiting for his visa to travel to North America, which is good that he has a bit of time with the close qualifiers invite for 100 Thieves, which I guess we'll touch on. But he was, he must have been like scrimming and trialing whilst on like 180 ping. So I feel like there's almost a a chance that he catfished himself onto that team by, oh, I only got seven (laughs) kills this this trial because it's, it's just a ping. When realistically, it's just, it could be the typical Europe, great IGL, great calling, but yep. underperforms, or at least that's like the narrative, I suppose, that uh, Eccles has against him. The thing is, I think people look at that from the, uh, the Team Liquid days, because he was a Team Liquid IGL, he was on that team with Fish123, they got picked up by Liquid, and then he was dropped, and then suddenly Liquid were good, right? But I think that Liquid had multitude of issues with their agent pool, um, which I think is one of Eccles' strengths. The fact that he's played Breach, he's played Omen, he's IGL'd, he's even opt and IGL'd at the same time, right? He's a very flexible player that can do a lot of stuff. But I also feel like his time, his short time that he was on Ninjas in Pajamas, he was a terrific player. Like Mechanically, he was a lot better and a lot more confident than he was on Liquid. Not by much if you're looking at it statistically, but I felt like he was the kind of leader in a server like uh, Existence was, because Existence was the IGL for Nip. He had wrist issues. He had to stand out, and then that's where Eccles came in as a as a temporary player. Right. And I think it didn't look too bad, but I feel that like he is going to be the player that if suddenly 100 Thieves don't look good, most people are going to point the finger at him being the problem because he's just an IGL and, you know, Probably bottom of the scoreboard for those Stevens out there. So it's yeah. easy to to blame him if it all goes wrong. And the general reaction, I think, overall has just been under, under uninterested, maybe. A kind of like a eh from the community on Eccles being picked up. Yeah. Uh, well, is is Eccles the kind of what kind of in-game leader is he? Is he like you know, is he is he gonna be like? I mean, ball, I mean, what is happening in the ball? There he goes. I, there, there it is. That's what you love to see. Uh, like, is is Eccles? You know, on I don't know on the scale from like you know just freedom, like from okay. So on a scale of like the United States of America to Boaster's system of fanatic early in the year, how much freedom is there in the Eccles <laughs> in game leader system? Uh. Probably not that much, I'd have to imagine. You also have this weird dynamic where you have a new IGL in a team alongside a brand new coach with Jovi. Right. Which I think what makes Fnatic so successful in that department is that Mini and Boaster are like that when it comes to how they work together. And a lot of the problems, certainly when it comes to what 100 Thieves have had, have been their IGL versus their coach with Frost and Steel with what uh, Nitro was saying about when he signed back to Liquid on CS. So... I feel like it depends on how well Jovi and Eccles come together. But I feel like Eccles is more like an emotional leader, like stops people from tilting, gets people back into the game. It's almost like more of a football soccer captain than I have huge ideas and these all set plays. Like I'm sure Eccles has yeah. those and he can use them, but I think it's more like the kind of like emotional leader, which so could like, help out 100 Thieves, I just, think, quite a bit. They're going to script a TV show about this, and it's just the inverse Ted Lasso, where the UK gamer comes to North America <laughs> to help the yeah. UK squad. We got a new, the new 100 Thieves hit show. But, okay, and then Baby J is coming in on Sentinel, and we were talking about, like, uh, Baby J, last we saw of him with FaZe, with LCQ, he was playing really well individually, he was popping off. Compared to the other Sentinels in the region that are available for a team that needs a Sentinel, 
He's probably the he's probably number one. There are a couple other guys in the mix like a Proto, Zachary, etc. But in the in the last quarter of 2021, I think Baby J was clearly the best free agent, um, at least at least to me. What do you think that he did? Maybe wh- why? What's more appealing about him than a pro or a Zachary, for example? Like, is he more of a vocal player? Do you know? Like, I don't know if you guys have like spoken to him personally and have a better understanding of what he brings to the table from talking to Baby Bay and stuff with Phase at LCQ. Like, what is it about Baby J that might, on paper, not actually be seen by the audience that are looking into this player and wanting to know more? I personally, so I've actually watched now obviously you should never take this at at face value right but like i know zach pretty well from his overwatch days and he from what i have seen of and seen baby j because we were at lcq so we got to see him actually we didn't get to see baby j did we was he did he even play i can't remember if we actually met him because they were quarantined weren't they uh, yeah, he was quarantined at LCQ, wasn't yeah. he? Well, I haven't watched the stream a lot, but he seems more vocal on average. And from what I've seen, he's more vocal. Zachary's not a super average player, he or a super vocal player. He uh he does talk a lot and he's communicative, but I feel like Baby J's comms are a little bit better. And also I really liked I think the one thing that Zach has going for him is that Zach also I think has a little bit more flexibility outside of the Sentinel role. While Baby J, I actually prefer him staying like from what we've seen so far, I actually really like his gameplay comparatively to Zach's and that he's really, he seems to be very aggressive comparatively while playing Sentinel. He's not afraid to take space a lot and use his utility to set himself up. And I think Zach at times was, especially towards the latter parts of phase was playing a lot more supportive style. Um, yeah. In the latter parts of phase. Uh, now that could just be a play style thing because how phase was trending. Um, but with those sort of elements, that's why I sort of like about baby J and also like why it mentioned in the lost plat chat episode is that, Baby J is currently looking to be, you know, point right, pointing finger, right hand, trend line going up type of thing. Like his <laughs> his stock is going up currently. Yes. He's looking good. Like like he might be peaking sooner. Time not even invest. close to his peak yet. And uh, while Zach, I think, has been relatively consistently solid, so it seems like a proto who's at, who's actually probably a little bit more wavy uh, in terms of like going up, down, having highs sure. and lows. So there's probably room for Baby J to still grow as a player on top of the fact that he seemed to be very aggressive play off his own utility really well and potentially seems to be more vocal so. I, I, I think his pace just in general is much better than for example steel um playing sentinel on 100 thieves just to be able to keep up with with asana and what he needs to be doing uh to find value for the team so that that should work really well but in terms of like the, the vocal aspect of it i gelling on phase calling a lot of uh, a lot of ideas and that's a team that is very loose you know from the from the get-go um could be really useful to work in tandem with Eccles uh playing on this team so i think that could be that could be nice i think he is definitely rising like you guys are all saying but i don't think it's a pickup that i'm like freaking out about 100 is going to be godlike like uh nevera on liquid or something like that you know yeah, it's not like the it's just not a blockbuster deal, which is what we've come to expect from Hundred Thieves, given how they approached the roster last year, just throwing around cash, getting all these big name CS guys over, that type of thing. Um But yeah, also I, I think if you do if you do buy into the like okay, Eccles is not gonna have a, a big fragging output for this team, and if you don't think that Hiko is gonna be, you know, Hiko's not gonna be getting a lot of big kills like mid-round or making plays mid-round, that kind of thing. Baby J is a player that I think will be more active and actually 
getting consistent kills for the team. I mean, that, there were so many games towards the end of the phase run where he was just, I mean, he was hard top fragging, just rolling some of the teams um, where just, you know, in, in mid-round situations or like as the spike is going down, he would get some pivotal play, uh, you know, working up mid while his team is planting on Breeze and he would just find one or two kills that would just win the round. He was doing that with a lot of consistency. So if you buy into... It 100 Thieves needing <clears throat> more firepower and more fragging. I do think Baby J kind of fits the bill with that as well. Um, he, he was looking like... You could, you could kind of think of him like similar to how Poised was at LCQ as well. Like very, very up in the up in the, the executes as they're happening. Like making sure that his spacing is good with his teammates. He's not going to be consistently lurking every single round like you could expect from Steel. That that was kind of my point earlier. Sure. So poise is a good comparison, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then also just got announced today, or well, yesterday, I guess, if you're watching this. Um, but for us an hour ago, the top four NA teams based on points got in, and then also Cloud9, so the rules are kind of, uh, they got uh, invited to the round robin, like the stage two main challengers, main event portion of the first NA qualifier. They don't have to play in the open qualifier. Uh, Connor, do you want to speak on that again? Because you were, you were- I did, I, was had, a, a cool I had a minority opinion. Share your thoughts. I, I had a minority opinion. I, I, I personally didn't think that for the refresh of the new year, for the new VCT and 2022 moving forward, especially when rosters have been revamped. Now granted, much less so in NA, comparatively minus 100 Thieves, comparatively to EU. Um, and also since NA is going to be playing on with Neon and Chamber added and the maps and Ares, etc. Uh, the Ares gun changes as well when VCT starts. I, I felt like we should, it's early enough in the game's life cycle. And since we're not in a franchise system, we might as well just not invite any teams at the start of this year. We, everyone should just play through the open qualifiers again because we don't know who's going to be good with new meta, new maps, new you know current balance changes, etc. New agents um, and roster changes. So I'd rather all the teams play through it again. But... I understand why people want to invite because it's just a choice and uh, you know there are reasons to invite teams like Bala had explained in this lost footage once again. I, I explained it, He had explained this in this lost footage once again that not having some of the fan favorites there from Champions is pretty big and they did have uh, very good results last year. So like you could make the argument that they should get invited this year just for the fans to watch. So they don't have to watch like round 128 fucking the, the Sentinels versus team oopsie doopsie. So like whatever. Yeah, not even streamed type. Not beat. even streamed. <laughs> yeah. They've seen some getting knocked out by Carpe knocked him two years in a row in the first qualifier. Yeah. They're gonna get well, they the, the, they get those the fans are gonna watch this, this next day. I can see the Reddit thread already. Like, are we underrating Team Oopsie Doopsie on this subreddit? <laughs> I, I can see it already happening. But I, I think for me, having the teams of made champions get invited, I don't have a problem with. I don't think many people would. I think it's understandable, and I think those players and teams have earned their spot to at least do that. Mm -hmm. uh, despite maybe disappointing in champions overall, um, the 100 Thieves, I guess, is like the biggest question mark uh, from points uh, for last year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's if it's not 100 Thieves, who else should have got that fourth spot? Should there have been a fourth slot? Should there be nine teams making it through open qualifiers instead of that, eight? I don't know how you'd format that, but could that be a better way of doing it? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, like, <laughs> should there have been a fourth spot? Maybe, maybe not, because in my mind, Rise should have Rise earned this more than well, not necessarily more than, but I just think that it makes more sense because Rise beat them at LCQ. 
that 100 Thieves shouldn't get that, or at least if Rise was going, because Rise kept all five of their same players. So yeah. there should be that aspect too, whereas 100 Thieves has changed two players, and it's probably the most impactful two players you could possibly, well, not on that team, of course, but still, like, Nitro leaving mm-hmm. is so impactful compared to a full five roster staying together and a roster that beat them already. Yeah. And then in the lost footage, yeah, you, we we talked a little bit about <laughs> we talked a little bit about or Ball made the point that this will be better oh. in the future though, and and I agree as the year goes on, if this is going to be from stage to stage or rather from qualifier to qualifier overall, however it works, if if uh, the teams that did well in the previous qualifier then get a bump in the next qualifier and don't have to go through the opens, that'll make more sense as time goes on and the space between these events is more narrow it's just perhaps a little awkward now yeah. because there's so much dead time well so there's one there's an interesting thing here that was part of the same post um and this is kind of a tangent but not really they moved the qualifiers from being one single qualifier to being two qualifiers which was what everybody's complaining about and it's going to be double elim after round of 32 which is kind of similar to eu except EU just has a shit ton more teams so they have like this extra closed qualifier section which is yeah. basically the round of 32 anyways. Um, but if you have these bracket-style formats, you can't do what Ryan is suggesting with... Well, you can kind of, but you'd have to do extra shit. Uh, yeah. You can't not have the even amount of teams going into it because now, if, for example, you didn't include 100 Thieves, you would need um, nine teams. And getting that out of a bracket system is really fucking awkward. Yeah, you break it down to 12 and then 10 and then 9. So these teams would have to play like two more series in order for it to work. I mean, the only way you could probably do that is the system that I keep seeing you talking about and making it like a like oh. game changers in the EMEA where it was like Swiss. Where yeah. It would just be the top nine teams based on their win-loss record making their way in, which I think is just a better better viewing experience, right? I, I Because everybody plays the same amount of games, regardless how you're doing. Even if you have Sentinels losing their first series, they can still win their other nine if they're playing 10, for example, like Game Changers has it, and there's still a way for them to claw it back. Whether it's single elimination, they're done, they're out, they have to wait again for another week. So yeah, I think that's a lot healthier for the teams. It is a lot more games, even if you do well or if you do poorly, you're still playing 10 series, but I think there's a it's probably a lot less stressful because there's bounce back ability and all that jazz. But I think it's considering all things and considering everybody was like, what the hell is going on with North America? The way that they came out with the system, I think, has answered a lot of the questions that has made me go like, I'm okay with this, despite the fact that it's not making me go, this is the best system that we have. Because yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of the same yeah. as the EMEA. You, there's only so many games that you can it's, broadcast. It's there's EMEA, but worse. Watch. Right now, <laughs> you reckon this is worse than EMEA? How, well, yeah, because you got because because for example, Vass would probably be super happy if the teams that got invited to the main event just got added to the close the the round of thirty two section. Oh, I see. You yeah. know, like uh, I mean, probably not. Vass no, not broken, really, but... but not necessarily. <laughs> not, I don't think. But but the point is that the, there's that extra section that just makes you way fucking better. Like the the way that they are doing. This is such a tangent. I'm sorry, Wyatt, but no, the, way, the dude, way that dude, damn uh, thing. it's ball NA is doing the um, seating for the next qualifier is basically the teams that don't make it 
just get preferential seating. They don't even make it to the further rounds. Like in EU, if you make it to the close qualifier and then you make it deep in the close qualifier, but don't qualify for the main event, you're going back yeah. to the round of 32. That's why that's better, right? So if Sentinels made it to the round of 16, they would go to the round of 32 after losing in the round of 16 the first time. I know I didn't explain that well, but it's like they... carrying a checkpoint, right? Yeah. You get past a certain threshold, and at least if you go out, you go yeah. back to playing, playing in the top eight teams or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. The format should remain consistent, though, I do think. And that's my number one thing here is that now that we've sort of the, the sediment has sunk to the bottom of the metaphorical format river, we yeah. must remain. We must keep the format. <laughs> nah. We must it's keep like the, the format. We, I don't want to see swaps of the formats again willy nilly. I just want to see a consistent format. I don't want to see people. Riot out there, reinventing the wheel at every at every application. Just and also part of that is because it's hard to do formats. I do get it. Like no matter what you choose, people are gonna bitch. We're gonna bitch about your format choices. It's just gonna happen. But yeah. there is a I'm very valuable the tool, the and that's when that's when you just close. You you bring up the drawbridge at the, the castle, and you don't listen to the peons outside. <laughs> the format is decided. It is over. It's done. Like yeah. it's it's and there's no like glaring holes in it either. Like it's it's just a format that not everyone's gonna love, but it's a perfectly fine format. Yeah, and we just yeah, so let's it. do Swiss. Yeah, exactly. Also bear in mind that there's much more stock on these qualifiers because it's it'll make or break some teams in Valorant whether they get into challenges or not in North America. Like if some smaller org makes it, for example, like Ghost get into those top twelve teams in North America, that's a huge boom for them because they're on broadcasts every week right. playing up against like sentinels or 100 thieves or whoever right so right. that can really make a org's investment into valorant worthwhile whereas if you're say phase and you don't make it you're contemplating whether you stay in valorant at that point or not because what happens no, underneath well, they have challenges, the drls right like it's is that worthwhile for an org like phase though oh right? wait and it doesn't have any fucking VRLs. You don't even have oh, that, what yeah. the hell's going on just the nsd weeklies yeah i mean FaZe were, I mean, speaking of orgs investing, FaZe were looking to buy Rise. I mean, they were looking to buy out Rise players, four of them to stick with Baby Bay and have that be the new FaZe roster for 2022. That is not going to be the case, though, as is currently reported, because Rise, the team, are going to be bought by a, the big mystery org. There's a mystery org with all types of big money bags coming in to buy out Rise. And that'll be announced in the nearish future. I mean, it's truly before VCT starts. It's team oopsie doopsie. Yeah, it's team oopsie doopsie. <laughs> they've got a big VC funding, and they're, <laughs> they've got in the Play-Doh funding team oopsie doopsie, and they're gonna go huge with that. Yeah, that, I mean, that would have been pretty mad if they four of them went to phase and then phase, also Dude, i yeah. just find that such a funny proposition that phase phase infamous comes over he's like hey guys rise like shank stay over there bro stay over there like <laughs> i have baby bear already <laughs> he's talking to the rest of them like guys you guys want to come to phase fuck your yeah. boy shanks screw your brother <laughs> we don't need you we got baby Who would bear. Be i find that they so wouldn't funny have. I mean, it would Shanks. be Shanks. It would it would be, they said they're going to build around. I think they specifically said that Baby Bay was the player they were hoping to like keep. So it probably would have been Shanks that would have been That's dropped so in the situation. Funny too. Yeah, that, that, so, that would have been so strange. And there's sad just, dolphin laugh. There's just no reason. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no reason to chop and change rise Wait, whoa, at all. Whoa, whoa. I don't think. Hold up. There's, there's the, the lead is buried. Phase oh, Prime offered half a million dollars to rise for the acquisition of Tao. Okay. There's the fucking lead. Right and they there. weren't <laughs> able to come to an agreement for this wow. either. 
which they weren't able. That's the other thing too. They said they weren't able to come to an agreement. Which generally, when that happens, it's just because the other team is not accepting more often than not. Like when there's money on the table, it's just because the offers are really not good enough. Unless there's like other confounding factors, which I don't know what there are because there's not like we're doing with huge brands or sponsors if, for if tier two free agent or tier two players are going for 250k of pop on the na market to fucking I mean, x yeah and b1 yeah. and no you offer rise for... 500k yeah. nah bro what the get fuck four for free get four for free that's my <laughs> offer i won't get one free on the God, on the is, rise players that is nuts but they i mean reportedly did come to an agreement with another organization and i saw all the rise players at some point last week they were all posting about how they wanted out of their contracts or like we want we want to be free. Yeah, I think it was specifically like out, Superman whatever. that said that like yeah. I need to get a lawyer next time and sign this <laughs> shit or something. Like he's like yeah. he was just talking about how he was just locked in the contract jail. Maybe next time, bro. <laughs> he just said next time, I think. That's what essentially what it was implying. It's uh, like I mean, listen, obviously things I suppose did end up working out because Rise, at least reportedly, has in fact sold the team. But I I think that's that's all for the the NA news segment this week. And pretty soon, pretty soon, it's a very good image. Pretty soon. Oh. We'll, we'll, Wait. You're trying to tell me that that's not yeah. worth half a million itself? I mean, that could be. Just, just Rise, Rise sent that picture to FaZe and said, you want this plus free? <laughs> half a million? I'm sorry, case closed. Uh, the, 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 before we move to the yeah, EU shit, Wyatt, we, we have to spend a moment. To, to go back and be sad that NA has been downgraded. Oh yeah, to, from three to, slots. From three slots at Masters One to two slots. Oh. Uh, I, wait, is that actually true? Yeah, that's true. That yeah, we got downgraded. True. We lost slots. Yeah, from three to two for Masters One. Did I make a new topic for this. This is current. Make a new topic it's, for they, this. They, they yeah, did it, it, it was on the minor region so It was in the Valorant. NA Esports, they they tweeted it with the format changes, and it's it, where was wait, also, where was this? It, it very recently, the past like hour or so. Oh, it say. just came out. Okay, I, it literally I just, just came out. They, they so it was with the, all this other stuff. Yes, it's with everything. It's when they when they announced also the change to two qualifiers, and there's yeah. double limb at like round okay, thirty two okay, okay. onward, whatever. And then they also added that we have that NA. I shouldn't say we. I'm I'm a nationless I'm a nationless state here, you know. I'm just I'm like the Vatican, okay. I don't have any affiliation that I've ever been with. Uh, I I so yeah, and it went from three slots to two at Masters one. This is so sad. I know, I know. Two slots? What 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 is the overall slot breakdown now? We don't know. Okay. We, so we, we don't, don't know, know what EMA so have either. It could just be that we're going down to, to 12 teams at Masters 1. like SEA gets three whatever. slots. But, yeah. it does, but I, I'm pretty sure yeah. we know that um, Brazil has two slots yeah. already, already. And didn't you say, Ryan, that a lot of time is confirmed to have two as well? I don't think it's confirmed, but it's heavily rumored. I think it's it's all but confirmed at this point. So yeah, that's really yeah, because that was kind of the implication, right? That Brazil would lose one and Latam would gain one. I, I thought that was what was implied. Zonz's BM easily, was so but... bad, right? Well, like we're taking a slot from you and giving it to Latam to make up for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean Crew also just took it from them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, Crew, crew kind of stole, stole that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that wow. So there's only two teams. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. 
Have they thought about uh, the viewership it, aspect of this? <laughs> <laughs> Have they thought about what might happen if 100 Thieves don't make it? And our da- don't our make dad it? owns the dealership, Riot. Put in A in Master. <laughs> I mean, that this is so sad. This is so sad. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if there's... We'll, we'll go back to this, I'm sure, when the full breakdown is announced, but... This is. So- what are we, we're gonna have like you're in, you're acting like a celebrity's just died. It's that kind of no, same this is far reaction. More personal. This is far more personal to Wyatt that NA is not here. Oh, this is so sad. Far sadder uh, than celebrity. Well, Wyatt, let's let's face reality though. This was probably deserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. It's okay, because the honestly, NA could have 15 slots. As long as there's one slot for the Brazilian super team, it doesn't even matter, because and the boys are about to just go through and Next roll topic. everyone. It doesn't even, I mean, legitimately doesn't even matter. Okay. Uh, but we're going to talk about <laughs> actual matches. Guild. They've finally... They, well, I mean, this isn't the first time they've won a thing, has it been? But Guild, they've got the new roster. They played with the new roster. They were in the open qualifier. And they just swept it. They dropped like one map, I think. Yep. To like mm-hmm. rebels or someone. Um, they kind of just stormed through the whole qualifier. There was a bit of question uh, in regards to what roles they were going to have with the players, with some of the new signings. Um, specifically, the one that I was looking at was uh, Trex playing like a lot of Cypher, playing Sentinel for the team when he had primarily before been playing Duelist, and he was really good on Duelist. But also, evidently, as from watching these games, he's very good on Sentinel too. And this guild team looked goddamn nasty. They have Safe on pretty much full-time Jet now. I mean, Yeah, I think he almost exclusively Was he only on Jet? I can check. I, uh, I think he played all their matches right now, and he played Jet. I mean, the Jet, jet agent played, is still very played, good. Yeah, uh, one map I don't know if you'll notice. He played one map of Rays and still almost had a 300 ACS. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that was very early on in the tournament. Yeah, Rays, I imagine Jet, that's when I mean, they played. It wasn't just... any of the later rounds at all. Like, quarterfinals onwards and round of 16 onward, he was only Jet, so. <laughs> I mean, actual just... Yeah, I mean, just Jet, by the way. <laughs> just Jet being good? Yep. I mean, like, is is water wet? Yep. It's just Jet. I mean, Jet is just going to be good forever. Jet's just always going to be in the meta. And Safe was just dominating with Jet. Uh, throughout this tournament and all of the the maps that I was able to watch, and then still just I mean Leo is just mega consistent for these guys. But the the new supporting cast of the team was what I was the most interested in, obviously, because you can kind of expect to some extent after seeing Safe and Leo for so long, you know the quality gameplay they're going to bring. But the new recruits and under the the Coldamenta IGLing, I was impressed. I liked what I saw from Guild. Yeah, I it really was, liked it. It was just a, a breath of fresh air to watch them. I think it's probably the best way to describe them. And like, yeah, it makes sense to build a team around Safe and Leo because especially from LCQ for EMEA, they were the two top players to really keep an eye on because they changed around their roles, were a bit more aggressive in what they were playing, and it sort of made up for it. I think the big thing for me, though, is... Sure, when you're looking at like Trex and Rust being picked up, it could be the same as like Eccles and Baby J for 100 fees, where you look at them and go, yeah, they're pretty big pickups, but they're not screaming, oh my God, this team is insane now. It's like a super team. But I think they're watching like the grand finals and maybe some of the other qualifying games, like the grand finals against Vitality, or not even the grand finals, the upper bracket final to qualify. Rust was insane yeah. on an agent like Sky, and he played up against for Vitality a KO 
Iskayan and a breach, I think. And he was still just diffing back in a lot of those cases, which is hard to do. So I think that you saw more of what made Safe and Leo so amazing, but you also got a good indication and a good showing of why they brought in players like Russ and Trex in the first place. And for Coldementa, I think this is the best he's mechanically played in a long, long while. Like he looks a lot more comfortable and confident. And if Safe dies, he's always the one that's there to like trade afterwards, which you never really saw all that much from Ascend and certainly not for G2. So it's just how well this team came together in such a short space of time. They played much more tighter off each other than Alliance and Vitality that have had that team for months. And that's the most exciting thing about this team. I, I was so hyped to see a different guild. Like every single time you watch guild before this roster, it was always very, very basic stuff. Sometimes they'd have a breach. Bonker would be playing breach. And they just kind of run it down. Not run it down, but like methodically take an area and then go for it. There was never any cool ideas. There was never anything special from this team. There was never any mid-round calls that you're like, oh, damn, they faked them out there. Like, that was really nice. It was very simple. And it worked because their players were good because they had Leo and Safe and, and Yassine, in some cases, just doing very, very well. Um... <laughs> This is different. Cold, this is the first time uh, for me, any of Cold Amenta's teams look really structured and like playing with a game plan. Like Ascend never really felt like that to me. Ascend did do like some really cool creative stuff at the beginning when Cold Amenta was playing on them. And then G2 just free flowy as hell. Like, yeah, sometimes there's some counter stratting going on, but beyond that, it was just like all the players are doing their thing. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But this team, there's fast hits, there's pace changes, there's a lot um, as, uh, on their attacking side. Now, I'd say that yeah. their defensive halves were definitely not, in my mind, very impressive at all, um, because most of the time there was a lot of unforced errors by individuals. And I think that's some that's what's going to happen with new teams, is you're going to have one side that's really good, and on the other side, it's not as polished, it's not as clean. But they still are able to, just with the skill of the team, overcome some of that stuff and make those halves really impressive. And I think with more time, this team is not going to be that same guild that you've heard or talked about for, for a long yeah, time. No. They're not just going to be like the top four slayers or whatever, and then never qualify. I think they have a good chance here. Yeah. Kurtz, you want to pull up, I mean, there's a good clip, I think, that kind of illustrates what Ball was talking about that I sent you. It's like the Sheriff Rounds clip from, it was Breeze in the... Oh, from Breeze? It was final. so nice. Um, but I think, I think that kind of illustrates what... Round too? Yeah, what Ball was, was talking about. Like, yeah, it was really good. Just, there. yeah, watching, like, the Breeze and the Bind maps back-to-back, -back, like, on Breeze, they were just so loose and there were so many fast hits on attack, but they were really well executed. And then on the post plant, like Trex was always in the perfect position to lock down the flank, find a pick or two while the while the retake was trying to come in. Um, and then on Bind, they were just so much more uh, uh, thought out with really nice executes. But yeah, it was just rounds like this where it's like, again, just Russ, safe, just pushing into these areas, just hitting crazy shots and winning these rounds that, I mean, it's like you want to say that the rounds they don't deserve because they're eco rounds, but the skill on the team is just pretty nasty across the board. And uh, look and where Russ is. He's trailblazering yeah, from bad. in front of their faces. I think the only, like, uh, just had to quickly check because I do agree with you, uh, Bala, when you said about like Gil's defensive sides, but their worst ones were definitely like Breeze and Icebox, which. 
I think every team sort of has those kind of like one-sided yeah. halves, right? So, and I, I, this team has been together a month. There's a lot of like issues to, to exactly. really fix. They banned out Fracture all of the time and played every other map other than that. And I think that was probably indicative. Like, I don't know how much we're going to talk about like Vitality, for example, who are a team that were like really heavy on the Fracture and tried to play it as much as possible. I think the wisest thing for these teams to do was to just permaban fracture just forget about it and then try and play everything else to that level because vitality can spend a load of time making themselves one of the best teams in the mea on fracture and then never actually see it in even a best of five right because the other team naturally bans it out i'm pretty sure all of the other main teams banned out fracture on their way up to it so yeah. i think that the fact that guilds map pool they even said that their map pool sucked in comparison to vitality and then free zeroed them it kind of <laughs> says a lot i think about like guild actually been a lot more of a deeper potential team in EMEA than just qualifying for it. I think there's a lot going for this team, but it also could very well just be honeymoon period. How much can Safe get away with? Because he was getting away with quite a lot with his aggression and how he approached stuff. It was insane what he was able to do, but I don't know how long that lasts until a team really starts to make them sweat yeah. and get under their skin. Well, kind of like what happens when they play Gambit, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how is safe going to continue to do this? Cause I, I was, I was underwhelmed. I was actually underwhelmed with both safe and Leo. And I know that sounds crazy. Safe obviously probably doesn't sound as crazy, but Leo to me was not the same Leo from LCQ until probably like second half of bind in this series, at least. Um, and I don't know why, but obviously you can come back and, and do better for me uh his was a defensive side where they played second half he is so good with his damn shock darts it's unbelievable but there are situations on attack side where he is consistently like doesn't have any play like you could see he's in a clutch situation or something like that i remember that there was a 1v2 where he's rotating around to post plant and he's in long and he rotates around he has hunters free he could play the 1v1 uh the guy's low but he just doesn't have a play because he doesn't want a hunter's fury and miss and then not be able to get there in time for the for the defuse. He doesn't have shock darts or anything like that. There's there's things like that. I think if he just studies a little bit more, can be a little bit more refined, he's going to be a monster. But until then, he's going to be caught in situations where he can't offer anything to his teams in certain cases. Yeah. I think that's also like a... I think that naturally a lot of Sovas, especially fall into that problem on Bind. Like it's... It's a hard map to have those individual plays, but I, I do agree to an extent that like Leo can still sort of grow. I think my concern is that f for me out of the two, it's that Safe was just being so unsafe with his approach to how he played that realistically, like you said, when they play up against Gambit or Fnatic, and on, now that man. there's a lot more real on how these guys play, how much can he do that? And what happens if it doesn't work? Do you end up in a situation where like Kellogg's was for G2 yeah. and he looked really good to begin with and then he didn't have an answer to any of the questions posed to him afterwards? Like that is likely, but I, I feel more positive about this guild team making a, a, a run in for masters potentially than then bottoming out of challenges and being like relegated to a VRL, if that makes sense. At least middle yeah. of the pack, but I think they're going to be out of the Europe qualifiers, the most scary team when it comes to actually challenging the champions for that are in there as well okay. yeah i mean most of these probably a lot of these issues we're just going to wait and see because i think it's really early to call for this team of like where they're going to be and 
master like once we get to masters like what what is there for or i mean i guess not masters but rather what once you get to the main challengers events like what this, this team is 100 a playoff team though i'll say yes. that like they yeah. are they're yeah. making it to they're playoffs they're they're good um and, and another point on on tracks this guy is nasty. like he is the, the, he is really really nasty it's actually really fun to to see like old. What team did he play for before in CIS? Because I, I swear I'm just seeing Nats from from Masters One type of shit. That he like literally the same setups on Split, like those types yeah. of things. It's they just, used a lot of, of Nats tracks. Yes. I think yeah, I think Singularity. He was Singularity, on Singularity. Yeah, okay. that's what it was. But he was on Duelist. I think this is the first time he's ever played like Sentinels for a team, or at the very least with him playing on Singularity, honking also, in OG. I mean, it wasn't... There, there were always duelists. There were always more like aggressive stuff that he was playing. So the fact that he looks this good so quickly on a whole different subset of agents, and like you said, plays in that style, like his lurking, his positioning, his clutches, like he is the the sort of hidden gem, I think, of this team that really unlocks them. And yeah. he doesn't get enough credit. Russ, I was a bit like, he's an all right pickup. And then in that last like like qualifying game, I was like, he looks like one of the most like cohesive skies in Europe right now, which is hard considering we're not really in a sky meta anymore. So the fact that he made it work as well as he did was a real shining example. I don't think it was really the best showing from Trex, but from watching him and casting him getting up to that point, you could really sort of tell that there was something magical about him. And I feel like he's just going to have some unreal play at some point in challenges that's really going to highlight how good this guy is. Yeah, I think that is all very reasonable. And now... To the unreasonable, the chaos. What the heck is going on with G2 is the current topic title. And that is, that is also my question. I mean, G2 have just, watching the games was an interesting experience. Uh, I mean, you could clearly see the, the issues at hand, but then just everything surrounding the games after, Mixwell, after G2 failed to qualify, then Mixwell is gone, and then they're bringing back Kellogg's, who they had gotten rid of previously, and their coach was like, nah, bro, we don't, we don't even need an IGL. We have five IGLs, or whatever <laughs> he was talking about. And then Nookie posted a clip, and he was calling for them like it was the end, like it was Ascend and Masters 1 of last year or something. And then... I, I, so clearly they don't have five IGLs. I, I, dude, I don't know what is happening with G2, but watching their games, it was just, it, it, it was, it was chaos. I sent, I, when I was, when I was watching the games, cause I like to try and find some clips to send over to Kurt so he can play them. I'm like, oh, well, that's a weird round that I, we could probably play. And the next round, I'm like, well, that, that was, that was an even worse one. And then the next one, I'm oh, like, no, well, that was one. not good too. And then at some point, I'm like, uh, okay, I'm just going to send over like three clips on Fracture. And then like, whoa, dude, this post plant, I, I ran this back 48 times. I was so lost in the sauce. They like cube off the site. And then, I mean, they make the po political alignment chart on the site. And they're in the <laughs> upper right quadrant. And no one is sticking the spike. And then Evova gets on it too late. And then Mixwell is out fighting. And Nookie's looking around like, dude, where is he fighting from? And no one's talking. There's no communication. I was so confused. No, the one that I particularly loved is when... Wait, was that when they pushed... Did they push mid? Was that the round where they pushed mid after they hit the wall? I particularly loved the one where they, they Astro ulted. And then they, for A site, pushed off of a dish and went mid. And just went into mid on a pistol oh, round yes. and then just die. <laughs> they got no map <laughs> control anywhere. They just 
died pushing mid after after walling a site and falling out of drop it was just crazy was you're, just you're crazy talking thing. about the rope and spawn play. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah 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 it was wild it was oh, one of those God, wild, because like they just use it it was an interesting play like on its face value because i was like okay you sort of like fake the a hit and then you rush mid to spawn and on and maybe find a kill but they find no kills they take no map control and they all die and they don't clear sight this 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 retake it's 4v3 they have the gun eco economic advantage they're just they're doing they're going so slow there's just no utility there's no they're all pushing from the same area just standing around it, there was uh, i was so it, it just looked like there was such a massive uh, like context, failure they were of all communication three. All three Alliance players were in tower after Spike got planted, and they had them stuck there. Yeah. But they let him get out. That, that's why this is so good. Like, it, you picked the perfect rounds on that Fracture game. Like, honestly. Pick the I mean, there's another rounds. one. I can't even remember what the last one Fucking was. Fucking Christ. I, 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 actually, I do remember what the last one was, because Lothar started molding. Because I think it was, it was, this was on Lothar's stream, and he yeah. was molding about this ult, and I thought it was kind of funny, and but he was right because it was like oh, so wait. poorly timed. There's a really nice thing about this as well that Lofa didn't spot is that when the Rolling Thunder comes out, Fearoff goes through the door, so the sound isn't heard of him going through the door. He literally times as the Rolling Thunder's thrown in, so that comes through, oh, really? and then Fearoff was sort of lurking around. It might not be this round actually. Oh, maybe uh, I don't know. Well, it, they're, they're so he's taking... all lurking around in that position because they know that yeah. they're going to get like probably ulted. And then the rolling thunder comes through. He sneaks through the door and just flanks them and they have no no idea that he's there. Like it's, it's such a good play. Like now, perfectly yeah, timed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, through, yeah. And they have no idea he's there. That is a good little play, but also just... I mean, just like the... the it's just a yeah, clear I mean, example of communication failure, which was just seem to be in abundance in in these games but i i yeah i i mean i just someone, someone else talk i'm I, I, the ball do the ball a breakdown <laughs> i i i'm i'm looking at the 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 games and i'm looking at the comps and i'm just confused i i understand there's a want for mixwell to to play jet but then they play bind and he's playing raise Instead of Nookie, and Nookie's like one of the best race players in the world. I'm just like, hold on a second. He's playing Sova instead, and Nookie's great on anything, pretty much. I mean, you saw him play fucking Viper, um, yeah. which also is another question. You have Mixwell, who had, played fantastic on Viper throughout the entirety of Stage Three, and he just he's he wants to play a duelist. Okay, cool. So now you're in a position where, like, you don't have a. I don't know. It's just very confusing right off the bat about like what Mixwell's needs are and wants are. But then you pair all this communication stuff clearly going on on uh, on Fracture and then also the the other map that they played against Alliance. Not not Bind. Bind was fine. Alliance just wasn't very good at Bind. Um, you pair that with everything else that you watch, and you're wondering like, is the the Nookie versus anybody on this team like the drama that was happening, the relationship problems that people were talking about? Um, is that like a reality? Is that why Kellogg's isn't playing? Like, there's, there's all these questions are coming to a place where I'm like, damn, I have to now give credence to them. I have to, because nothing makes sense. So, are we at, are we at a spot right now with G2 where it's literally like this or that in terms of like one of the personalities on the team, whether it's Mixwell or Nookie? That's yeah. where I feel like we are. It's like a star 
player thing that happens in regular sports where it's like they have an ego so damn big that they're demanding something and whether if it's not happening they're not happy yeah it, it definitely felt that this change was like a vote of no confidence in mixwell to bring back kellogg's which I disagree with, because I think that's a bit neat. Like, think of it this way. They allowed Fracture in the map pool. The first map that they played of this season, where it's new map, new team that they're playing with, new coach, new foundation battles, and they decide to go to Fracture, and they're like, why didn't this work? Like, no shit, it didn't work. You're throwing yourself in at the deep end in every way, regardless. And you're also playing Alliance that at least had three to four games of warming up, realistically, going through the open qualifiers. It, it looks a lot better now for G2. I'm sure a lot of people are going to go, oh, this time G2 could make it all the way because they've not dropped a map or whatever and Kellogg's is doing really well. It's because they can have those upper qualifiers to warm up against like the oopsie-doopsie immortal gang of just stacking up and playing up against each other. But also, they're banning hey, out Fracture now. good, man. Those yeah, guys yeah, are they're, good. Okay. They're perma-banning Fracture. I just feel like I don't really blame G2 for sort of getting lost on that map completely. Like, having it in two best of threes in a single day isn't a bit questionable, but why don't you think that that was a possibility? That these teams on Fracture could absolutely destroy you? Everything else, other maps-wise, was relatively close, like in overtime or like a 13-11 scoreline. And I don't think that that G2 team were that far away from really fixing all of their issues with Mixwell. I hate that this is knee-jerky, and I hate it even more that it might work out in the end for G2, because I don't think that it's Kellogg's is the the the... The thing that fixes it all, Mixwell is the issue. I don't think it's that at all. I just think that there's a little bit more consistency and a little bit more breathing room for G2 to actually warm up because nerves were a part. Avova said that himself. So I just think that this move for G2, I hope it almost doesn't work in a sense because it is a very G2 move though, right? In League of Legends and whatever, that they would make these kind of like blockbuster knee-jerky moves to bring in players like Kellogg's. But if that's what the players want, and if four of those players would rather play with Kellogg's over Mixwell to better their chances, credit to them. I just really don't think that Mixwell was the problem here at all. And I think it's the way that G2 was set up to play in those series with their map pool, with the fact Wait, that so they were giving themselves no leeway because it's a, a fresh start for them to play. Imagine a team coming into Champions and playing Fracture as their first ever map. They're obviously going to look a little bit shaky. What have they been hard scrimming Fracture, though, and dominating on it? I still yeah. think that if you're playing up against a team that is happy to let Fracture in the map pool, they either have an answer for it, or at the very least, have had a chance to maybe use it in what, open qualifiers to be a bit more comfortable. Was Mixwell IGLing? Ryan, do you know? Supposedly, it wouldn't surprise That's what me. I heard if, as well. Like Avova yeah. was secondary IGL for Heretics, whatever that means. No, no, but... Mixwell. I think the the new the ruse was Mixwell was IGLing during those matches. So. I, I, like specifically thinking on Fracture, like if there is a leader that is pushing that. And then you watch that game, and and you you come away thinking G two knows how to play fracture. Then I don't know what's like, and and that to me, if if Mixwell's the guy making that call, then I I have serious questions about. Yeah, I don't think that at all. But it's why realistically they banned out Breeze and they banned out Icebox. So it wasn't like they they really didn't like Breeze and didn't want to play it. They were trying to maybe be a bit cheeky with like how fpx bans out maps depending on their opponent because they're good at all of the other maps as they like to say or whatever like christ uh it, it's that kind of thing that i think g2 
like a lot of teams, I think I spoke to uh, I spoke to Zisto from from Supermassive Plays. I said, "Do you not want to play Fracture?" There's a lot of teams abandoning. He said, "We can, we just don't want to because we're a very young squad. We've been together a month, and we had to ban a map. So we'd rather ban one map, especially the one that's new where we haven't spent as much time as a Breeze or an Icebox or whatever, than make it complicated for ourselves." I think G2 made it complicated for themselves by going, "Yeah, let's just play Fracture as our first fucking map of the year. How how badly can that go wrong?" Yeah, I do. I am glad that you did mention the Mixwell point, though, because I think it is fairly obvious when you're watching this that definitely Mixwell was not looking incredibly comfortable on Jet. He was like, not looking incredible. I mean, yeah, I don't know what was going on. That you, you know, also you're playing a good team. You can't just expect to get away without dashing. Like, that also have more people there. That happened a lot actually, where they lost yeah. people on halls. Like they had a Vova constantly put a star there, hoping to get a suck, and they would just spam it expecting him to yeah. go for the suck and they would pick him multiple times in halls too like but that, that's a point right like that's a mix wall moment but regardless of that my counter example was a non-mix wall moment of, of overdiving halls doing something similar to that trying to play off his star and i think that this their performance here was definitely not all mix wall not being that great at jet like it was 100% not all on mix wall here i think that was like the focus gets placed I, on mix wall i don't even think jet has a, a, a part in this conversation at all and i know that's a big focus point but like the the, the way that they played the map was just so yeah, bad it was bad yeah, yeah their, their overall play was weird that's the problem erratic it, it, chaotic it was it was dr eggman from hedge from sonic the hedgehog levels of planning <laughs> like it was just strange it was strange yeah. there was just clearly it looks like i mean the biggest problem is that there's it it looks and absolutely seems to be that there is just no structure in this team whatsoever um whether it be for personalities, butting heads, whatever it is, the five IGL theory, there's just, mm. there is no level of structure with the team as it currently exists. And just swapping out Mixwell for Kellogg's, I don't, I don't see how that's going to introduce some level of, of structure or like communication hierarchy that this team can work from. Like, I, kind of a weird example to compare it to, but it's like, Looking at a roster rebuild like T1, where it's like, okay, there is Coach David Denis, who is in charge, and then they have signed IGL Steele to be in charge of the team, who will be calling, and then they have surrounded him with pieces that he can use in X, Y, and Z ways, talent that can be developed. Like, there's clearly an outline, there is a blueprint for how they are approaching this, where with this, it's just, it just looks, it, it's, it's just chaos. But that's also G2. They've never had a like structured sense with every, and they've had another great IGL with Kuldemenza, who looks night and day a lot more comfortable in the team playing around him and him playing around the team. So, yeah, I, I also think that like it's worth discussing like Hoodie and Meadows' like debut for the team. I think Hoodie actually played like really well. Like yeah, it's just what he's suited for. But it's also like, why did you bring in those two players and Pipson if you weren't going to focus on structure? Because that's what Giants did so well. Like, when you have, like, Fatinho as a main duelist, like, it's not the same. I'd say that Mixwell is better than Fatinho at that point. But the way that Fatinho and Ambi, especially when they were playing on Jet, actually played around the team and the structure, like, seeing at Champions, he wasn't going in for insane plays. He was doing what the team needed him to do. So... There was a, I think there was a lot of confusion, and probably one of the reasons why I think Meadows statistically underperformed, right, is just that it's very hard to set up a play and make a gauge of how to approach certain situations, certainly as a sentinel, if you don't know what the right hand is doing. 
it's those kind yeah, of areas I mean, that I think concern me. But like, know. why did you bring in Pips and Hoodie and Meadow if you weren't going to have some form of like fundamental system in place? Like, they do have a system. It's a mushroom style fungal network where they all IGL <laughs> at the same time. That is their system. There's no idea. They just connect their neurons and they all speak to each other. No, but but genuinely, that's that's what it fucking looks like. I I mean, not even like don't even look at Fracture, for example. Look, look at Hoodie and Meadow. It looks like two players were brought onto a team and they're like they're listening. They're like, oh, I guess I'm just gonna play. Like, what the fuck are they doing over here? I guess I'm just gonna play. I don't, I don't have any I don't have any ideas on what what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just gonna do what I think I'm supposed to do. Literally, both of them. There's no identity for what they're trying to accomplish. They genuinely look like they've just been thrown in to something that nobody trusts. And they're just walking yeah. around like, hmm, what should I do now? And that's not their problem. That, uh, to me, that's not their problem. It feels like it's not their problem at all. It feels like just because of something else going on, it, it, what, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's just, not this is just not the time to be pointing fingers at at individuals on this team like if uh, if people are saying that meadow underperformed because his stats were bad or even mixwell or whatever like it's not like they were i i felt like at no point it's not like they were really doing anything to, to help mixwell like they weren't setting him up now was that on him was that on them i don't know but it just they were just so all over the place sometimes it's fun to mold do you guys agree? Yeah, but also, I mean, I think, but I mean, there was definitely, I don't know how much of that was based off the, their team structure. Like, that's the problem, right? Is that the structure looks so bad because a lot of times, like, how are you supposed to set up Mixwell when he, a lot of times it felt like they would be like, they would be, they would be executing on a site and Mixwell would just be sitting back opping. He would just be watching them exec on the site. He would be like Kefri in in split main <laughs> watching them exec with the op i would be like oh, i'd be like can you pull that like, clip up for old time's sake i would just be like what's happening like what's happening and i don't know split. if like but i don't know if that yeah, was jet. if that was like mixwell himself like <laughs> wanting to get set up and they weren't setting him up so he's like okay fuck it i guess i'm opping or the communication was so poor that they didn't know how they wanted to set up their exec like it, it was just it was strange. It was it was very strange what, what we were witnessing here. Moments that that can't be explained. Bermuda Triangle game. Yeah, if one of you I, can, I, if one of you can send Kurt that Kefri clip, if you know where it is, I I, I don't even know where it's at. I just remember. It's I just need to see that again for all time. It's just etched into my memory, so, so I don't remember where it's at though. You can just uh, close your eyes and picture it. Just yeah, I could. Way. I could. Guys, I, I think you I know what? It. I I want to stop. I want to stop being. A oh, ball found it. Perfect. We'll play in the background, guys. I, I want to stop being a part of the problem. We can complain all day. We can, we, can, we can complain and blame. But what do we do to fix the problem? <laughs> I mean, look at Split of the Past, There's, by the there way. There is. Mixwell look at that show in Main. Mixwell against that's Alliance not, not POV. It's not, it wasn't this bad. No, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> no, no. this bad. It was not that bad. Viewers, Go all in, viewers, it in. wasn't as bad as this. But it's, it reminded me of this because of the poor execs. The execs were really poor. It just reminded okay. me of this. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't this. <sighs> Even like the UI on the top really shows how dated this I is. I know. Well. This yeah. is ancient this is like, gameplay. This is like beta gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this clip, this clip will exist forever. And as so long as Valorant is played, this clip will be remembered. <laughs> some so say, good. some say he's still there. <laughs> 
the it's better with the audio too because it's literally calm. he's like go guys go. he's calming as his team runs in <laughs> and he just sits in main uh, so stupid uh, okay but, okay but well, genuinely... to answer your question i don't i'm not gonna stop being angry and okay. complaining because in okay. my opinion At least he's these issues cannot this is the be problem solved in society anymore they can't be solved anymore they needed to be fixed in the offseason they needed to have an actual plan about how to deal with the, the the personalities on the team. What do you want Mixwell to be doing? What do you want Nookie to be doing? Can both of those coexist at the same time? Can Kellogg's actually grow as a player on your team at the same time with the personalities that are on your team? Answer those questions. Build around the answer to those questions. Whether that's cut everybody except Nookie and Avova and go for it, or that's sell Nookie to somewhere else because he's a great player. And keep Mixwell, keep Kellogg's, keep Avova, try to get a, a good core around them, something like that. That's where I think that, and maybe that's not even what the problems were in the first place, but those types of problems, I think, are what is underlying around G2 right now. And until those are solved, I don't see them going crazy with their individual skill, even yeah. though it is absolutely insane. There's a name, isn't it, when it comes to like trying to like statistically problem solve? where if you have too many different variables all being changed at once, you won't get the answer to what the problem is originally. Like, you can't realistically go... If somebody turns to me and says, oh, this G2 team is so much better uh, because they dropped Mixwell, it's like, could it be that they're not playing Fracture, that they don't go down a map instantly in somebody's best of phrase that gets into their head? It could be that. Sure. But when you're changing out multiple different things, maybe there's some agent changes as well with G2 that they start to do stuff in the closed qualifier. Maybe they start playing maps that we never got to see last time around because they only played two B or Freeze. It, it's the... I guess for me, it's that aspect of like, yeah, these things take time anyway. It's the first official, which is going to be messy for a lot of different teams. It wouldn't surprise me if you see like Fnatic or Gambit or Ascend looking really shaky in their first game of Challengers because it's their first game in a while. So, and it's the first official of these guys playing together. It's a totally different environment to what they've been used to scrimming. So kind of give it the time and let it breathe. If you want to keep playing Fracture, sure. But don't be like, oh, we're panic changing our map pool, changing our like our, our jet player. We're gonna get our coach to IGL. We'll get our coach in the server next time. So you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if you change up too much, yeah. you can't realistically work out what the problem is. So it's unfair for Mixwell, especially for people to go, oh, well, they won without you, so you're the issue. It, it might be something completely different, especially with how much DQ are looking to have changed from that first best of three. But this is G2, Ryan. We can't let it breathe. We have to immediately suffocate it like a candle, put it out, yeah. and then and then just do whatever the fuck we want. Like I don't I don't know. It's I do agree though that it's probably early to see where this roster goes, and I think they have some nice pieces. And Nuki's still disgusting. Like God, he had one of the greatest so clutches good. ever on Fracture. On Fracture on a retake, he had one of the greatest clutches ever versus Vitality. It was like a four v one or some shit. He, 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 he like he pushed the Viper ult, killed one. Picks up another gun, gets the other three. It was so they fucking disgusting. It was just yeah, and then off the res, yeah, and they had res off the okay. wall. Well, that's um, the coach clip. <laughs> it was yeah, that was clip. the coach clip. I think that was the Simpson <laughs> clip. Uh, it was so yep. good. He's so fucking good. Yeah, I think I, I think they really have legit with hoodie and Meadow, and like Meadow, I don't think was like amazing. They didn't have necessarily like tons of standout moments, but like he was fine. Like I think he was solid, and like they have some good, some solid pieces here. Um, it's just their structure not good so there there is a team here it just we must find it 
There is definitely a, you're right. There is definitely oh, a is. team. There is oh, in so fact nice. a team. The gun pickup is the best part. Yeah, the, the gun pickup's he... nice. But also it was oh, such a just so a heads clean. up move to push yeah. the, the Viper ult. Like it was just such a heads up fucking move. So clean. Well, G2 are playing today. I think are they done playing I think today? They won or game. yesterday if you're listening yeah, they went or if you're watching now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, G2 are playing but. tomorrow which is today for the audience like they got boomed out by <laughs> against like Valamagulis or whatever they were called the team that beat heretics by the way we could talk about heretics for a whole fucking section as well that those games last week were exceptional they got knocked out on day one a bds as well they got invited to close qualifier lost both their games went down to the open bracket because if you're bottom two you don't get invited to closed and then they lost on the first day as well to a team called who cares Mm. Oh, who cares? Who cars? How is that allowed to happen? I hear AZK is getting signed to Who Cars. Oh, really? Who yeah. Cars? Huh? Getting them. Well, they, well, these they, teams... Ryan, they just wanted to play in the French VLR. That's going to pop off. So it's yeah. yeah. True. I'm sure Happy would love that. You didn't see the layers. <laughs> well, one team that I never thought I'd be talking about on this podcast since we talked about on episode like nine, like ooh. Ooh, oh, it really B was. is like joining big. Nine. What's he gonna yeah. do? And he did something. It only it only took I think about yeah maybe like sixty or so episodes until we <laughs> talked about big again. But here we are. We're talking about big. They they're finally pretty good. And also, I saw Ryan. You like uh, this is on it's on Ryan's Twitter. I think Kurt, you you had oh the tripwire the tripwire on a scent. Oh my god! You you had said that. You were gonna gift. You were gonna gift some level. Of, I can't remember how many subs. If five it, subs, let's not yeah. let's not increase it. Okay, five, five subs. However yeah. many subs. Five subs. If uh, this tripwire worked and caught a jet, and then it ended up working in one of the matches. If you want to pull that clip up, Kurt, it's kind of funny. Um, it's a good. Yeah, it's, it's a good trip, Yeah, there pretty, it is. It's a very it's, innovative. My Twitter. Rip. Yes. So Shout out to the trip that spotted it. You could see it for a second there. It was up high for a jet that updraft dashes. Um, and in that clip, there's Ryan saying, boy, I'll, I'll give him five subs if that gets a kill. And that was three days in the, yeah. in the past. And then in the future clip, you'll never guess what happens next. It's just me trying to like TikTok edit, you know, like the full face reveal thing. And then it's not only that, it's the fact that this was used in like probably the biggest game that Big has had in Valorant so far. And it still works. And I don't know how much of this is like Caspi sort of doing it or whether it was God B because somebody pinged that spot to do it. The fact it gets the kit, it's just what on earth a big smoking for that to work? <laughs> That's the thing. Like they just, that was, they were beautiful to watch in some of the games. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed like watch party in them in their earlier games because they had some really good stuff. Like God B had some insane five head, six head lineups with silver darts which would like bounce so it was like from icebox a on the attack and it would bounce all the way to get behind belt so if there was a rainer that pushed up or a viper to ult it would catch them and you could like shock dart it or have it bounce another time to go onto the a site but then there'd be some times where i'd use that lineup and it would just bounce to the spawn and go up into the air and then it's gone like it was a very frustrating team to watch because you saw so much good stuff with them especially with twiston who is one of the most like insane underrated players in europe that is now on a really good roster. The fact that they got better and better as the tournament went on was the biggest surprise. And God B was almost like bonker levels of me when it came to like IGL and underperformances. But he also showed up big time when it came to 
not only like his strats is calling, but his mechanical skill as well. He had some mental rounds. The the tripwire thing, by the way, is just like every map actually. They're putting high tripwires to catch jets. Like every single map on Breeze was the same way. They were putting a same similar tripwire on top of the the first pillar by ladder, catching jets, dashing up on there. It's just it's yeah. something that they're doing. It's part of the meta now for them. Um, they have phenomenal attack side rounds, similar to Guild, but almost cleaner, which is weird. And I think it has to be because I don't think that the the firepower is as good for the for the team. But they do have. Two players, Twiston and and Obnox, have oh, just yeah. impressed the shit out of me. Just crazy, crazy, crazy good the entire time. Um, Such a funny probably, name. yeah. He has, <laughs> that dude there are some very funny names on Big, big in general with Gobby, Obnox. Also, you know the best part Aslan. is I was talking to Zesh about it, and he said, do you, "Like Gobbly, like do you know what Gobby is from?" And no. he was like, "Gob, the Gob part." Is short for Goblin because that was his old username, and B is for a friend of his that had passed away, unfortunately, that he'd used to sort of iconize them in his username to remember them, which I think is really cool. But it was the fact that he said his his full name is Goblin B. I was like, is this like a Douglas Apa thing where like people are going to be like, go on, Goblin B? And so I've started saying like that's a Goblin round from Gob B, and yeah, that's the that's the beauty of it. That's the best part of Big doing well is just that we get to see good old Goblin B showing up and. <laughs> seeing what made him so exciting for a lot of people when he originally came over to Valorant, because yeah. there was also a clip of him talking about like work ethic and how much time he puts in and i don't think he originally wanted to sign twiston onto the org because he was still at school and he wouldn't be able to practice much and he really wants to practice and doesn't want to play ranked which i don't blame him for so it, it's out of all of those teams i think especially once you kind of get out of the four that went to champions guild maybe g2 you're looking at like vitality big uh, alliance which is kind of like a bit of a drop-off in my opinion from like the quality of what these teams could do but i think big actually was maybe matched a point where they could have really taken uh gill to a really close series i think they're not going to do great in challenges there's some really scary teams in there but i'm glad that they made it because it's it's an org that's put a lot of time and investment and the opposite of g2 let it breathe, you know, brought in these players, had them get better and better over time, not changed up too much. And they have a clear identity of how they want to play the game with God B instead of G2 that has just changed up stuff dramatically. So it's it's a breath of fresh air in the EMEA community to see Big do as well as they have. Yeah. They're very nice. I, I do think they're pretty... I really liked also their play... In both this, in both the squads that played here in the Vitality match, like Vac a bit as well, but in particular, I really liked how Big played around KO a lot when they did play KO. I think they did a really good job of using the knife for information. Like it's quite standard to be like, "Oh, getting info with the knife." Remember when Steel did that? Remember when Steel got info with the knife? But I do think that like they actually did a really, really great job, and they were getting tons and tons of value out of it. So it was cool to see this team, which still I don't think overall like they're looking nearly as strong as Guild um, coming out of here. But they are looking like a pretty solid team with, you know, foundations that could improve. Uh, definitely. Like, it's definitely not looking like a mechanical issue for them. More so a game sense and just an overall strategy issue um, moving think? forward. I think it's the opposite. Really? You think, think it's the opposite? Good. I didn't love... Yeah. I loved their attack rounds, but I didn't love their defense that much. So... No, I just think that they had so many cool setups on defense. I, I agree with you that their defense wasn't as good, but... I thought strategically they they had the right ideas. Hmm. It's just hard on defensive sides. It's hard to 
actually create a setup that's good strategically yeah. that works that works and then to actually have it continue to work the entire time like you constantly need to be adapting on defense whereas attack is different right because you can play the default and then you can hit the execute and hopefully your execute cover is, is layered enough that it covers everything throughout the entire time but just because they like they had worse defensive sides i don't think that that means strategically it was bad that's fair. That's complete. That is fair. But either way, the point being, I think they still have a lot of room to grow, right? They still have a lot of room to grow with this team, and um, they're not looking the strongest guild coming out of it. But they had a lot of really cool ideas. Yeah, sure. sure. And just like young talent to grow up to a point where they're strong, Gobby and the Gazline as well. Played a bit more Jet. I wasn't a fan of his Jet overall, but like he had some good moments, I think, with Diastro when he was playing it. Um, like, I think just that sort of mix of the old versus new is working together really nicely. And yeah, I think Obnox is going to have big impact for this team going forward. I did, I don't know how much of it you want to talk about, but also, like, I think Vitality is worth mentioning because they lost two best of fives in two days, which is, you know, a lot of stress in itself to play those kind of games. But um, they looked a distinct different team from those qualifying games to what they were doing earlier on in the tournament. In fact, they beat Guild earlier on to send big down to the loser's bracket, right? So it's a shame that Vitality, for me at least, looks so good coming into the tournament. But as soon as they get to those big games, they completely seem to flop. Yeah. We'll probably end up talking about Vitality a bit more after the, uh, the next Open Qualifier concludes, because they do have another shot um, in that one. And they're definitely a favorite to, to make it through on the second round. Um, <clears throat> do you guys feel that? Do you feel that in the air? Anybody what else? What's that feeling? Is that I mean, are you talking about the obnockers that we just talked about? No, no, no. <laughs> Not the obnockers, but I can feel the momentum. You guys feel that momentum? I can feel it building. I feel momentum. it all the way from the CIS region this time, though. Mm, the formulas the are flowing. is building for FPX to have qualified through the CIS qualifier. They did it. In, in a big reverse sweep as well. They won like... Three maps in a row? That's and they a lot were of also blowouts. They, they were also blowouts, the final three maps. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of wild because the first two maps they lost, very close, very tight. And then it's just destruction, the final three maps. Then they just they get over the hill. And it was just some sort of like roller coaster moment where you're just, and then, and then they just, they just kind of rolled after that. Yeah. Also, it's the cast, by the way, if you haven't seen the Valorant Russia cast, the casters were doing auto-tune. I don't know what they were saying, but during the <laughs> yeah. cast, they were auto-tuning themselves. Nobody, like, nobody watches CIS, so they can like, just get uh, away with bit, it. During the bits, they were just like auto-tuning themselves. I've wanted to hear, see somebody it try that. It was extremely so straight, I, but it was Dude, hilarious. I was like, what's happening? I, I, was, I watched the uh, semifinals game uh, between, between Avi and FBX as well, and the casters are just like randomly like talking in english for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> just like it's the funniest thing i want to meet those guys real bad real bad okay someone I, someone tell me about uh, someone tell me about fpx you, right you now tell me Wyatt. i have nothing Bro? to say i don't watch fpx until they, they start winning another <laughs> win but now i'll watch you gotta <laughs> keep up I don't know. You've got to expect these kind of uh, things i think the, the the funniest thing about it i was talking to doombross and after they were two nil down Ardis was running into tech problems and he went to the 15 minute threshold where the, the, the coach needs to stand in. 
So there was a potential, if things went really wrong, that we would have seen Doom Bros playing the Jet on this team, a coach that has been very anti-duelist for the most part with this team, forced to play Jet in a best-of-five grand final to qualify for challenges. Luckily, Addis managed to fix the game. And also, he looks like Ice Paper Hands is back. Never mind FPX. Ice Paper Hands looks the best when he's coming from CIS. And I think Addis is now on for a redemption act, potentially. So, okay. So what, what is FPX? What are they doing right, right now? How have they managed to win this? Have they managed to level up from where they were at when we last saw them and they were playing Fracture and not playing any duelists and it was just... Yeah. Well, we, that didn't happen. You just ignore that. Like, right. Okay. The, I would like... The, yeah, I would... That's a reality I want to live in. I can buy yeah. that. Maybe we just think about stage three or something yeah. for them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They never they happened. They really disciplined, though. I will say, during this match, the things they look good is that they looked really disciplined. They knew how to play a slow game and they still had, like, really nice... I think they had very explosive execs. And the individual skill is still there, obviously. Like, when you watch Zipin and Duelist, when you get to see artists, like, have his moments as well, like Ryan was talking about. I think there's some... And Shao. I mean, they just... They have still solid individual skill. Uh, they have, like... They really know how to slow down the game and, like, play it and play it slow and just, like, look try to bait out rotations. They did it a lot, actually. Though it happened to them, too, on Bind versus Navi, where they kind of got baited into a rotate as well. So it's kind of flip, you know, either side of the coin on that one. But yep. they looked overall pretty solid. I don't know if they look like a juggernaut, though, like they used to. Like, when we were making the... When we were initially creating the momentum of the FPX, when we were, when we were all pushing the FPX card <laughs> slowly... We were creating Slowly <laughs> pushing it. And, like, I, I don't... And it was picking up speed. Like, they kind of... We forgot to build the, the rest of the tracks as they went down. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that... I don't think they look like a juggernaut coming out of this. Um, they sure. look solid. Uh, but I don't know if they would necessarily even beat like if they would beat like a guild right now, you know. Um, so that's my I, take on them currently. I it, it's hard to tell like because they're not playing the same teams or similar teams at all since they switched to CIS. Um, whether their form is better than it used to be, but I will say like when we think about what the problems for FPX were leading into this year or basically last year there was they choked a lot right like they would yep. always um fail in very important moments yep, where it just looked like they wrong. they were tilted or well I, I i don't know what the problem was um that was number one number two they were absolutely lost in the fucking sauce that we can include red bull in where they're just completely doing crazy things with their compositions uh crazy things with their with their strats which sometimes work sometimes don't but because of that, nobody is like actually set on a role. They don't have any real like jet player or something like that. Like everybody's playing smokes. Literally, that entire team probably played every single role. Every every player played every single role. Um, and then third, in my opinion, they overprepped for every single match. Right? Every single match, they had a unique comp that they're coming into it with, with counter strats, all that stuff. Those three problems. I think maybe 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 outside of the tilting problem are all still kind of there, but they're also slightly fixed. So opium is there. Just I'm not huffing yet. <laughs> like crazy. Sure. Yeah. I, I yeah, just I, lightly breathing. Yeah, just a just a light, small little, small little hit of the hopium. Not going too crazy yet. 
I understand. I understand. Yeah, see, I just simply... I, I, I just... After Red Bull, I just... I just refuse to, to intake more FPX. Hopium, copium, any kind of FPX-related just inhalant device. I just simply refuse to take in more. But now my interest is peaked. I mean, do, do we... Do you guys think that... I mean, uh, Con Connor said that uh, he thinks the Guild are still better. I mean, how do you guys think they stack up against some of the other top teams in, in EU right now, based on this? From what I saw, I think they're better than Guild. Wow. Okay. I, what about you? I what think... What, what, Sorry, well, go ahead. Tell me about it. I, I think the reason why is that I, I think they're more well-rounded, um, which is... Which makes sense because they they only really they didn't make many changes right. Demon Sick is gone and Artist is uh, also in as well. So uh, I, I I think that they're more well rounded. They're more experienced. It feels like their their reads are fantastic. It feels like the they they have a deep map pool even tactically. Like somehow they put in a shit ton of work with this roster already. I I think they're better. I think they're at least more ahead right now than Guild. I don't know about their peak though. That's that's where the question is. Okay. Is Ryan okay? I got confused there for a second. Mr. Central? <laughs> Ryan, are you okay? <laughs> He's, the best part, too, is that he was still on my screen in, like, our view, and he was frozen, and he was just looking really forlorn, just, like, off to one uh, side. I just like, saw him fading in and out. Like, I was just like, oh, he's just like, gone. fuck this conversation. Sadly, <laughs> Ryan is gone. is this, gone. I mean, I thought that the saddest okay. moment of this episode would be finding out that NA only has two slots. But now this is the saddest moment of the episode. Yeah. This is so sad. He is now Ryan decentralized. No longer Ryan Central. <laughs> he's no longer he in the center. He's an NFT. He's, an, he's on the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on. Do we, do we just... Kurt, what should we do? You want to pause for a sec? All right. Let's pause yeah, for a we're second. Pause. I don't even... We, where are we? Are we back? <laughs> oh, welcome. I, I did say to hit it, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, we're back and Ryan's back. You love to see it. I just got Thanos snapped out the call, I think. But yeah, were we still talking about FPX? No, we were. It depends if you want to or not. Um, <laughs> I think we we'll leave it for challenges. You know, we'll we'll, I like, we'll yeah. let the story write itself. But I think that I think the reason why they lost to KPI early on is because KPI didn't have any vods, so it was difficult for FPX to prepare. Meanwhile, all of their games were streamed, so different kettle of fish um but yeah I, i'm excited to see more of this fbx team they were a team that on playing ascent three times through their qualifiers played three different comps i think it was so you actually look through the maps they play like they play icebox and played some chamber one time so i think this team is going to bring a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to different comps against different teams which you know for me as an analyst is really interesting because you get a bit of more okay they're picking the chamber instead of a, a killjoy and icebox because they want to achieve this win condition instead which i think is a part of the game that we're not seeing an awful lot of so it just adds a bit more like spice and color to especially maps like icebox that can be really mundane with agent selects on their own so i'm i'm happy to see them it wouldn't surprise me though if navi don't make it for whatever reason like it seems that the competition in cis is looking a lot more competitive than Maybe before, but I'd like to see Navi in because I think uh, JD, especially on that roster, looks fantastic. So they're going to take a bit of a while to gel. And they're just a good team anyway. Like JD and Cloud, who I think played together on Pro Crowd with Dirk away back when, 
that's a that's a monster super team in itself. So yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do when they have a bit more time under their belt. I may consider watching FPX in the future. <laughs> now this, I mean, we had to leave this next uh, topic uh, in because Bala just crushed the title on this one. I mean, this title, this is a, we got this is a oh, bar. Oh fuck no, you didn't actually use this title. Did you? Supermassive <laughs> blaze their way out of Turkey. <laughs> 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 wow, I mean that that's a that's a sick title. Uh, um, I can tell. I mean, I definitely I didn't watch this. I, I mean, I, <laughs> but, I mean, listen, I'm gonna, I didn't watch this. Bala, yeah, tell me about how worse. they yeah, Bala was super massive blazed their way out of Turkey. No. Wait, <laughs> what, wait, what wait. Before, before you start, I got a bit of a game for you. Uh, if you go to the best of five series, okay, okay. Uh -huh. and because obviously it was super massive blaze playing up against Firefuck, uh, Firefuck, <laughs> Fireflux. Whoa! I'm gonna make. Sure, I'm glad I did that now and not on an actual broadcast. Uh... I swear. So yeah, Firefuck <laughs> Esports. Go down and look at one of the players' names and tell me how you pronounce it. The one uh, that starts with JN. Oh my god. Device. Uh, Juven is it Wait, no, I thought it said I thought it said juvenile, but no, let's see. Um uh Junaviche. <laughs> Junaviche. It's uh I'm letting all of chat have their guess. Uh, why am I letting chat have a guess? They're just going to type the name. They can't pronounce it. It's Junical. Yeah, it's it's Genevice. So, I'm oh, excited to see him potentially in EMEA challenges because Lord knows what some of the guys are going to call him overall. I think it's one of the coolest names ever. Um, but one thing to mention about Supermassive Blaze, they picked up Cider X, who was the IGL for Cathlar Esports, which was the old team of Izzy and Brave. So this Cathlar Esports team is actually probably making bank, but this team is now three-fifths of that, as well as picking up Glove that used to be on Oxygen, and then also Zistu that used to be on Oxygen as well too. Like underperforming players, I'd say, but really good and not involved in Twitch scams, which I think helps. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's a much more solid team, and I think it has a better atmosphere around it. Because Supermassive Blaze used to be really, really good, but then I think they sort of broke into different factions and disliked how each part of the team worked. Yeah. And so they were effectively disbanded by the time that they played EMEA LCQ, which was one of the reasons why they maybe looked a bit underperforming. Uh, so yeah, seeing SMB yeah. come back and have the, the exciting parts of Brave and Izzy still on that roster, as well as adding more new blood that's looking really good and some more older veteran players to fill in the gaps. I think it makes for a team that actually could do a lot of damage and make, depending on how many slots we get, maybe make a Masters event. It wouldn't surprise me if this team actually comes in and does a lot of damage. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Bolo no was chance. I was gonna say, and he was just like, "Bro, like he." Was okay, okay. Wild. You don't need to get into that. No, no. I'm not saying not, like I'm not saying like it was not bad. It was just like I would neither. I I'll be front. Of, I'll be straight up. I didn't have time to watch this with all the other things happening, and I don't think I don't know why you did either. But Bolo was just describing oh, no. his process as he watched the vods. It was just like it was just like a, a, a his open review, and it just sounded funny. Yeah, like what was the happening. grand finals was way different than the semifinals, but I was very confused on the semifinals. Let's just say the the, the, the first oh time God. that SMB played against Firefuck uh, Esports, hmm. it was just <laughs> no. You're gonna I'm, get it stapled in my mind to the point that it just becomes a thing. Okay, you won't have to cast them until LCQ. No worries. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't. I, I, I don't see anything. Sure, maybe some of the pieces like fit, maybe like on a chemistry level or anything like that. But 
I didn't see the benefit of that more than I saw from the SMB team from before. And the SMB team from before, I think, had, after they came out and dominated and did very well to qualify for Berlin, after that, I think people understood what the team was. And it's a team that isn't going to bring strategically much to the table. They're going to bring a lot of firepower. They're going to bring good pacing and good, decent fundamentals. But beyond that, and I think it's necessary, especially in EU, for a team to have more. It feels like the same team to me, even with three player changes, which is crazy. That's mm-hmm. mind-blowing. But with that being said, Izzy is still nasty. Brave is still nasty. The rest of the t- I was impressed as hell with Cider X. Actually, like, I really like Cider X. When I talk about like the problems that Leo had, I feel like Cider X had had a play for everything on Sova. Like every single time, it's like, oh, what the fuck? He just hit a shock dart from there. Okay, cool. But the problem was that it was always by himself. There was nobody else doing anything with his shocks or anything like that. That's the problem with SMB. There's just nothing behind it, and that's why I disagree oh with you, Brian. I, mean- I think this team is a Barely missed playoff or even bottom of the pack. I mean, Izzy looks like he's going dumb stupid in those clips. But, I mean, I, I mean, that's not, I mean, any anything new, I, I guess. He was cracked before. I, I suppose he should probably stay cracked. Um, I mean, that was never really the problem with SMB, was it? Their, their ability to hit shots individually. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm not excited about SMB. <laughs> <laughs> what? I mean, it's, listen. You're gonna, you're gonna be posting I'm gonna a my truth, okay? but in Turkish on your your Twitters. I, I'm telling you, like, there's they're the kind of team that I think could catch a lot of the others by surprise, especially some of the like the bigs and maybe even like a fanatic as well if they haven't. Like, I feel that there's I, I, some teams that stylistically are just gonna get sort of lost and not sure how to deal with it. I actually, well, not the bigs, in my opinion. I think big has just too much, too much actual play time experience right now to to be caught off guard by a team like. If they do, then that's a really bad situation, considering how God B is is prepping. Uh, but I do, I do agree with you that I think they can catch some teams off by surprise, especially those teams that haven't played officials in a while. Fnatic mm-hmm. is one of those. Team Liquid, one of those, like those types of uh, of teams. Even Ascend, for example, like. Those are the types of teams that I, I think can be caught off guard just because they don't have that uh, official experience. That so you don't think they'd beat like FPX or Navi? They, Assuming that Navi qualifies for week two. Yeah, I mean FPX has their own issues, so yeah, I think they could beat FPX, but Navi probably not. I don't think so. I think Navi is better. Okay. More importantly, oh, listen, I might not be excited for. I'm not excited for supermassive blaze. Go on. <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the question. Is the Brazilian super team finally here? Uh, <laughs> has, it, has, it, has it finally arrived? Long have we awaited. And now it's finally here. I mean the Brazilian qualifiers started. And the team that is surely going to, at some point, be announced as loud with Saucy, Sadhok, Auspice, Les, Pancata, playing the open qualifier. They went dumb. They went stupid. They won all the games. They beat the new MIBR roster, who have a like, 
cracked out i don't know the, the jet player is one of those zoom cracked out zoomers like five years old or whatever just hitting every shot um but they beat them and then moving on to the close qualifier not a whole ton to talk about we'll probably talk about it more when they actually get to the close qualifier but i thought i thought it was i don't know i just thought it was worth mentioning any of the new nip roster that got announced they they made it through in the brazilian open qualifier as well um <clears throat> connor are you excited about uh, the new brazilian uh super theme of loud what have, any any thoughts dude you are so I, little yeah I've why are you, so, what are you doing I've, being I've, so small the mere mention of brazilian super teams gives me osteoporosis and my bones <laughs> shrink my bones just collapse and then I become much smaller as a human person. I mean, I, I here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that if it is a Brazilian super team, I'm really happy. I'm I'm excited for them. I hope they do well. Um, in the meantime, much like the impending apocalypse that shows up every three to four years, I'll believe it when I see it. You know. <laughs> okay, come on. You were a little bit nervous in 2012. A little shaky. Ooh, no. 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 Nothing. My mental, my mental stability was at an all-time high in 2012. I think, actually, I'm far more likely to succumb to apocalypse paranoia now than I was in 2012. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, I, mean, I, the, the, I, think, I think... There's not so. a whole lot going on with the apocalypses now, though, is there? No, I mean, well, that's because you're just living it. Microplastics are at an all-time high. We're becoming sterile as the human race. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's over. It's over for us. We're done. Like, it's already done, guys. I'm like, the apocalypse has happened. You don't even know. We've lost to Tupperware. So, get owned. Get owned, humanity. <laughs> Bala, anything on the Brazilian super team? Anything on 2012? I don't know. They, they lost a map. They lost them, so they're not a super team? Is yeah, that, no, that's it? They lost a map? I, 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 don't, I don't know, bro. Like, I, I, I'll wait. I, I'm excited to watch the groups because they look fucking brutal as hell. But um, no, I, I didn't, I didn't okay. partake in watching it's the fine. Brazilian super team and the hype. We'll... We'll we'll circle back to this in a bit. Uh, Ryan, you got any 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 leading thoughts on the Brazilian? Super no, team? I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's not an area that I've kept up on closely. To be uh, fair, uh, the question I have is: Is there any teams out. from that have made like international events before that are still together, like a Sharks, or is there still like a Vikings call with the players that didn't go to Loud, or no. has everybody effectively changed where they the are? Brazilian scene exploded, and all the teams are. Pretty much different. Sharks are relatively similar, actually. But Sharks are similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know every Fury team has oh, just. Keed. Keed. Oh, oh yeah, Keed. Keed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Keed. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Keed actually yeah. signed MW Zero. Yeah, so. Keed are the same as they were in the in Champions, but the rest of the scene very different. Whole lot of swaps in uh, in the region. But again, we'll circle back to it when we get to the close qualifier. Just wanted to see if anyone was getting excited like me. Just wanted to see if there's a little bit of I don't know, just a little temperature check. You know what I mean? Uh, the state of the meta, patch 4.0. What are we, what are we making of the meta right now? I'm going to say it. Jet's still good. How about that? That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Still yeah. really good agent. Uh, and I mean, I think, I mean, surely Jet's just going to dominate this year as well, right? I mean, that seems yeah. inevitable. I have to say, one of the things I really like about the meta right now that I think improved drastically in the uh, like last couple months of 2021 into 2022, I think the state of the initiators is great. I think it's in a really good place right now. I think introducing Fracture helped, gives Breach a nice little kind of home map with a, with a lot of relevancy. Um, 
I, I think that the little buffs to KO actually made a big difference with flashes, etc. And the little nerfs to Sky all kind of came out around the same time. And, I mean, they might have actually all come out at the same time. I, I can't remember. But they were all in, in close time frame with the patches and the release of Fracture. And it has left the initiators, I think, in a really good state. Um, so that's one of the things I'm definitely really happy about with the meta right now. I think Sentinels are the same. I think Gildroy, Cypher, even Chamber, like they're finding a good amount of uh, space for them. Um, I think for me, I really like that we have Chamber and, and Neon in the game now because Jet is too good at multiple different things. So I think Chamber as an agent is like, if you still want to up and be mechanically solid, you can still do that and not be on a duelist. You can actually do all of that on a sensible role if you want to and still have utility that falls into that category. What if you're a jet player that's really good at entry in, but you don't like to up? Well, now you might have Neon. Like I don't think at this stage uh, her kit is good enough to do that, but let's say she gets buffed future. You might have some teams that play a lot of jet as an entry, but don't like to up using that instead. I think that the jet being OP is not something that you want to fix in an instant because I think that that may, could make it even bigger issue in, in the future. But if you have now agent choices that can take some of the the elements away from Jet and put those players that like to op on Chamber a bit more or put in entry players on Neon or if Phoenix gets buffed or if New Euro is going to be really good, I think that those slow kind of changes is nice. My problem is more with the controllers and Astra Viper just being way too good. Despite it's not even a sense of like that they're, they're so meta. It's also to a point where Omen and Brimstone are much more interesting, engaging to watch and play. That I don't think it's good for the the health of the game having Astra be a ninety percent pick rate because I don't find it fun to play. I don't really find it that fun to watch. And I'm if I'm a pro player, I'm probably thinking the same too, right? If there's a bit of health to bring those other agents back up a square, I think you've got a really healthy meta, like and the best it's ever looked. That's where my pain points are instead of Jet being too strong, because I think that is going to adjust over time. Yeah. I, I, what do you think, Paul? I think the the controller meta definitely like I I'm not gonna say I don't like playing it because I fucking like ain't Astra pretty much just because it's like three wins and ranked. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is it is very difficult to comprehend the rest of the meta with Astra in it um, in terms of the other agents. I think you're right about not having it, or it's not fun to watch. It, to a certain extent, it is fun to watch just to see the different combos. One thing I think that's really interesting and, and very fun to watch is recently a lot of, like, for example, the Guild Vitality, was it one of the EU games, there was the Reach Mirror on Split uh, that was, oh, it was the big Vitality rematch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, uh, both matches, actually, that was fun because they were comboing Astra with Breach in the, in the similar way to where Astra started a lot of people were comboing Breach with her just because they're like, oh, Faultline plus Gravwell. That has come back into the meta on more than just Fracture in a way that is very, very fun because it's trappy type of plays. Um, I think teams should be focusing on implementing that. Sort. I think there's more to be explored with that combo, with that Asian combo. Um, and probably even more than, than just that as well. Obviously, Neon coming into the mix will add 
some synergy with Asher. Everything synergizes with Asher, which is, I think, one of the big problems um, in the meta right now. But yep. I think teams that take advantage of trying to find <clears throat> more synergies with her uh, will be will be very good. Yeah, I I definitely agree. It is just endless Astra synergy that just yeah. continues to make her so so relevant. Yeah, it's tough, and Viper is still so strong. I mean, yeah, I agree. Those are the two points of of the current meta of the current gameplay that I, I do want to see a bit of change. I don't even think Viper necessarily needs a huge change. I am just pretty firm on the belief that her ult needs to be tweaked a little bit because it is just too powerful. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I stand with Viper. Honestly, I wouldn't really even know where to begin with Astra. It's It's tough. Because I think she might be in the same place as Jet, where it's like, well, you're just going to constantly change. Like, it's 50 more credits. It's it's This is 100 more credits. Like, I, I think she just can't be as global if you want to try to change something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, you know, she gets an iPad too. Like I also would rather see Brimstone and Omen buffed. I don't, like, because I think that that's been the problem, right? Is that sure. Omen, for example, has been neutered in comparison to how good he was, like, before, like, with how quickly his smokes go out and this paranoia being more expensive. And I think they reverted that. But you kind of get the point where, for, for playing ranked as well, like, watching a game versus playing it, I think you don't want to make them two very separate things because then you run into like Overwatch levels of problems, right? I think if you keep making Astra more and fun, then you're not going to get people moving over to Omen or Brimstone. You're going to get people not playing controller at all instead, right? So I think that's another reason why I like Chamber is you naturally get more people playing the Sentinel role in ranked because it's an agent that's like, oh my God, you can pop off and do some crazy stuff on here, but also actually fulfill a role on a team with your utility that you're not locking for duelists or whatever. And I think as well, so much of that is on agent select. And like the, one of the other things that's coming out in the future is like cascading agent select too, which one thing that I think doesn't help with how stale the meta is, is that you can't actually see what the other team is picking whilst you're picking, like a pick a draft phase in like League of Legends, for example, which I think in ranked games would make it a lot less stressful. Like if I'm if this is Shark Tank and I'm pitching to you like sharks on this, the problem okay. that I find with playing ranked is that people give up way too quickly. And so I think that is made worse when I, for example, lock in Silver because I want to play an agent that is, you can do a lot of different stuff with it. You can have impact, but you can also play like a team role. But nobody on my team has selected a Viper on Icebox. And I'm sat there wishing, oh shit, if I had known this, I would have gone Viper. Or if I'd seen what the enemy comp was, I could use that to dictate. First of all, I get rid of the whole, when you lock in an agent, you can't change it, because I think that's silly. That shouldn't be a thing. You should be able to change your agent if you need to, especially if you've locked in Viper and you need another agent on your team. Um, but I also think like at a pro scene, imagine this, you've got Fnatic versus FPX. They have rough ideas on what they play on these maps because they've done their anti-strutting. But then you see the other team actually picking up a different agent. Then you might also want to pick up something to try and counter that. The whole discussion recently has been about picking bans, especially with the Knights tournament coming up. I don't think you have bans. I think you have picks where you can see what the other team is picking because I think that enables a bit more... Do we stick to our overall plan or do we see that the enemy is actually changing stuff up? We should do the same. Because I think the staleness comes from that, is both teams going, 
we're going to lock this in because we think that this other team's going to lock that in. And then they both just play it safe and lock in their usual compositions. That's what I'd want to see from the game when it comes to the health of it. Not necessarily just to age your balance, especially with playing ranked. I hate locking in an agent and going, I should have picked something else. We're four nil down. And one of my team is like automatically disconnected. I said, we're done. Start surrendering because our agent select was so bad. And then we had a post start because of it too. Oh, yeah, that's my pitch. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, that. I think pitch. that's an interesting I, I've been pitch. wanting that forever. I like that. I'm buying. How much money do you need? <laughs> what are you, are you buying the whole thing? Just are you buying the whole thing? I suppose that'll put the money towards oh, it. I just want like the, the pick system. There's a chance that if they yeah. don't do that with a Cascading Agent Select, it gets a whole lot worse. Because you actually want to play a normal age, you're like fifth and you're like, I'll, I'll fill whatever, but your team has already picked four duelists and they're arguing amongst each other because one of them wanted Neon and they didn't yeah. get it. So they're going to pick your own stat throw in. Like off the bat, you've lost the game. Like that's a frustrating experience. And I think that if you try and implement other agent ban systems over that, you don't get to the root cause of the issue, which is you are bringing players into a ranked game, if you're thinking of it just like normal plebeians playing, with no control over anything other than selecting an agent, and then the rest is is done and out there. It makes sense for games like Overwatch, where you can change your agent to not show what the enemy's playing to begin with. But if you're locking in an agent full-time, I think you should see what the other team is picking, and you should also have the ability to change your pick within... Obviously, you well, could just be like, I'm going to lock in Euro, see what the enemy pick. Psych, I'm going to actually pick them from rank let me let, i don't want to be mark cuban anymore let me let me switch for a second let me pitch you something okay oh, abolish ranks <laughs> get that that's shit out even, of video games <laughs> that's not even like a solution it's it's terrible. Not even, this man this man <laughs> trying to bring up anarchy anarcho capitalism here just, no, just, we just scrim let's go that's, that's not gonna work i feel like also uh, I, I do agree with the cascading thing though because if you, but the thing is, primarily a lot of those issues. I also, I don't even think your changes are bad, Ryan. I think there's like a lot of very good ideas there. It's just a lot of these issues when it comes to like, oh, these guys are insulocking duelists. It's like if you get people that are going to insulock duelists, they're not going to change the insulock duelists just because you, you can give them, you can give them everything available, like every resource available. You can give them a hotline to go talk to fucking, they could, they could go talk to Nats on speed dial or something, <laughs> right? And they would still, Insta-lock duelists in rank. They would still do it. It doesn't matter like what the resources are available to them. It's like there's still going to be a, a, it's a bad faith. There's still going to be like people that are just going to do whatever they want to do in ranked. And like it won't really change if it's cascading hero pick, instantaneous hero pick. Like it just is gets more annoying with cascading, though. I will agree because you're literally watching yourself get trolled in slow motion. Yeah, you're just watching yeah. yourself get slow trolled in slow motion because like the duelists are getting picked. You're at the bottom of the list. It's like, well, whatever. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think, like, there's been a few series of maps. I remember, I think it was Nip versus Heretics, where Nip had clearly anti-strated for some composition to come out of Heretics. I think it was with Rays on Icebox. And then they came out with Rayner. And, like, Nip's game from there was just, well, we had all of these ideas on how to counter a Rays. We even changed our comp to compensate for that. They've almost like lost out of that. Like obviously that's like a bit hyperbole and over, over embellished, but was, you get the point was where summon FC too in first strike as well. Same thing. Yeah, it, it's almost like guys. I, I I don't know if you found it the same like Bala when it came to agents like from champs, but it was just monotonous at a point because it's like we know what they're gonna pick because they always pick this. Maybe they would pick something else if they knew that what yeah, they sure. were playing up against might be something different. Like you've got to inspire that level of um 
flexibility okay, across that, different that's agents. Not, that's not a stale meta, though. That's just a stale agent select process. Yeah, but I think that that you want to empower it is what I mean. Yeah, like you yeah, want to yeah, empower the, the innovative yeah. sides of it instead of bringing something like agent bans in where you're forcing innovation. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, yeah, well, I don't I, think that agent bans are like completely a dead on dead on arrival, but I. I, I really agree, actually. For whenever, whenever we talk about agent balance, I think it's like, it's, maybe it's just from the games that I've played or whatever it is, the community sentiment is typically just things that are strong have to get nerfed. But I, I really do agree that, yeah, you don't want to just nerf Astra and make for things more expensive or whatever, and then it's not fun to play Astra. But yeah, making Brim and Omen more powerful um, and have more, ideally, yeah, ability to do their own cool playmaking within their kit, but also still be uh, an effective controller smoker for their team, but be more powerful and more viable. That that is preferable, I I think. Um, I think it's more fun to to balance the game in that way. But it's yeah. just so often the the immediate sentiment, or I don't know, your brain just jumps to things. But it's are a good. little bit harder, though, it, right? But because it's just like a law of. It's just an well, also it's just a law of entropy. It's like once the box is open and the glitter is, it's just all fucking out there, right? It's way harder to put the glitter back in the box than it is to open the box and spill the glitter. And that's the issue with like things like Astra is that like Astra, there are no current downsides for her kit, and she brings so much to the table that. So wait, she should. To shoot glitter bombs out of her gravity well? No, yeah. no, two head. No, no. I'm, so I'm, simply, I'm, st- I'm simply stating that because we've now given a kit that's so universally good, and also because like her smokes are like global, she has so many different combos, she has an amazing ult, it's a lot harder than to be like, well, how do we empower our other agents to be the same level as Asher without just giving a similar to same kit, right? Yeah. That's sort of the problem with Without power. making them OP as well, to the point where you could run Astra Brim and that'd be a meta. And then you're like, shit, what do we do? Like, uh, this has got way too out of hand. I think the thing about Omen and Brimstone is, though, you don't need to worry about making them fun because I think they're fun naturally anyway. And I also think that they lean into stylistic ways like Brimstone is a lot more aggressive, a lot more execute heavy because you can put down those smokes instantaneously alongside each other. Omen's sort of a bit of a middle ground lurky approach and Astra's more like hunkering down areas, holding off defaults and playing the mind games almost. And Viper's sort of there to fit in whatever's needed across different maps. I think the map meta is actually pretty good because you get to see Breach actually shining in areas like Fracture. And then because teams are playing more Breach, they go, we can make this work on Split. And so you see it on Split. And then you see it on maps like Bind, for example, that we saw some teams running it with. So... I think in that sense, the maps do help and allow teams to get customized to certain agents to use them more in other maps. But I think controllers is is the big one where I don't think they're too far off nailing it, but I would really like to see less Astra and more of the other agents because they offer something that Astra can. And I think that's done by like the tempo that they play out. You know why this conversation pisses me off? And it's not anything that you guys are saying. Okay. Just that, like, we, 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 so when, we, when, we, when we talk about state of the meta, like, we're, we're, number one, no, actually, I don't even want to start with this point. How, how are we so conditioned that, like, we're, we're just always like, oh, man, when I play ranked, like, I really fucking hate that Asher character. Instead of just being like, what should I work on in this meta? You know, like, I think that's much a much more interesting question overall, like, than trying to be game devs and, like... 
Well, because wait, the game wait, wait, is wait, the wait, game. What's your point? I don't, I don't understand. The, the game is the game. Well, I'm just bored of the conversation, number one. But okay. also, number two, I'd rather have a conversation about, like, uh, you know, because we're about like, the competitive scene and stuff. Like, what should teams be working on? You know, like what in the meta is something that people should be trying to take advantage of more, more so than anything else. I like, should teams be working on Neon? The Astro combos huh? on the fly. Astra, being yeah. able to combine yeah. util with your Astra to get cheeky huh? picks but when you know players are in certain positions. Like when you see six plus months. No, I know, okay, but there's there's two new agents that we haven't seen in comp really. I mean, unless sure. you're you're in the weeds and watching chamber plays. Um, there's a, whole, a map that really still hasn't been explored. Like, how how should the teams approach approach the the map vetoes right now? Like, should teams be really working on fractures? Are people banning it too much? That that's the type of conversation I think would be more interesting than yeah. What? I spoke about this with Mini on the, the watch party, fanatic coach Mini, because um, we were talking about like Sentinel players playing Sky on Bind, which really doesn't make any sense. And he was saying, like, realistically, players in the future should be locking into certain roles. So what I think he was suggesting is that they're changing up who's playing what for Fnatic. And it's more likely that we'd see maybe Magnum, instead of being on the Sky, on the Viper, which is what a lot of sensible players like Nats like to do. I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at teams to stop doing the weird shit where they're, like, playing Omen one map and then Phoenix on the other. It makes sense if you're Yampy and Team Liquid because there's some... They've been smoking stuff for so long that it's either it's going to work or Liquid are going to flop. But seeing when BDS did it, where Hoppy was playing Omen and then Phoenix and then Viper on different maps, he was literally playing different roles in the game, like Duelist, Initiator, Sentinel, depending yeah. on what map that they played. That pisses me off because I think that you want to see, like at this point, it's just a silver player. But now you're starting to see silver players play a little bit of Sky on some maps to change it up and then a bit of KO. And because of their map pool, they actually have maps like Split where they don't really play Silver at all. So they have to be good at something else. That's what I want to see. I want to see Boast as the IGL, but he is also the main controller player. So he's on the Astra, the Brimstone, kind of like Bone Cold is at the moment. But obviously there's going to be some maps where they change over to Silver in some cases. Like I, that's what interests me. And if I'm a team and a pro, I want to look like, say for G2, I want to focus on who's playing what depending on different maps. And if we get into a meta where Yoru's good, who's going to be doing that? Because I don't want it to be the Sentinel player, for example, unless that's the, the role in the subset the teams are, are going for, right? So that's what I'd like to see teams work on and Overwatch, Overwatch, Valorant lean towards more in the future of just not the roles in the game that Valorant dictate, but the roles on the team matching the agents a bit more instead of just being various across different maps. Yeah, and I like Connor was just looking like Bruce Banner transforming slowly. He was yeah, well, struggling to right transform now. an Infinity War. Right <laughs> okay. Just a... Speaking of Overwatch, did we talk about why Brandon and Josh aren't here? But I mean, I Josh is off just being in love, frolicking no, no, it's, through the. It's because they got bought by Microsoft. Ah, uh, yeah, that's it. They got bought <laughs> yeah. by Microsoft, and they're not allowed to appear on this podcast anymore. <laughs> There's going to um, be a, so... a plot shot flight sim. Yeah. Bernie and Josh are actually going to HCS. They're being Halo personalities yeah. now. So they've actually had to send them to the time capsule and age them 15 years to match the average Halo fan. And they're gonna and then they're all gonna be appearing there. So it's gonna be nice. It's good stuff. Okay. But, I wanna I, get I into the predictions. We're gonna look at the EU qualifiers and see what we're what we're feeling for the for the top picks coming out in the second round. Um not it, but it's close. 
<laughs> Let's you did start with go. predictions, to be fair. Bring so. up the Viola. I mean, they are both predictions. Um, but yeah, we're just going to give our top picks for what we're feeling with the EU right now. The one I want to start, and the, I mean, this is the one I wish Josh was here because I just love to make fun of him for all for Fnatic uh, having used him for all their content of just they they've just ripped every Josh clip of him saying something negative about Fnatic, and then the beat drops and they just have a Durka frag movie after it, um, and I think it's really funny. But unfortunately, Josh isn't here. But it, I I am. Uh, it's uh, that's a God. It's so confusing. I can I can lay it down That's for the you. Right so there's eight, eight teams, four of which were the ones that were in close qualifiers last yeah. time. So your choices are Team Vitality, Alliance, Rebels Gaming, and Ten Star. And then basically brackets break it down to 19 esports slash team finest slash anonymo. Anonymo beat Giants last week. That's another team. Need more DM, XL, CGN, or Case being another slot. G2 and Yonk mostly being another spot. And then London United, Cova, Wave, and Team Keso all in a spot as well. So for me, I'd say the G2 still have a chance no matter what. They're kind of a team that is almost too big to fail in some cases, especially now that the teams involved are a little bit more straightforward to deal with. So for example, like, yeah, you've got the the, the teams there broken into bracket of like those four that are getting through. I don't yeah. think it's any point doing pickums really, but... I think I think Rebels Gaming actually has more of a chance than people give them credit for. Like yeah, so nobody really we knows about, about them. When I saw the yeah, second this is the round, team that dropped a map against, uh, they picked up a map against Guild even. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I, I thought for when I said second round, I thought we were going to talk about the uh, round when it actually gets into the the, the like at, like second round with all the rest of the teams that have already made it. Yeah, yeah. VLR has it confusing as fuck. By the way, yeah, yeah and, and you were you were pointing it out. Because they label it as challengers too, where it's just not challengers too. Like it's just, it's just not. Yeah. No, nowhere does it open say that. Open qualifiers, yeah. It's just, it's just the second open qualifier for Absolutely challengers. Drenched in the sauce. Yeah. So I blame, <laughs> I blame VLR. It's uh, even better. It's even better on the like official VCT website because you actually have the teams doing their picks and bans in the comments of the threads. <laughs> The actual, like, okay. You just revealed a secret tech that you showed us it's, earlier. It's, but... it's there. Everybody can see it. it, it Doom Bros, the public, FPX yeah. coach, is like, like was... and subscribe in each of the comments. <laughs> it's, they might as well do the pick a buttons on the VLR friends. Go into fucking Club Penguin and do them there. Like, it's so weird <laughs> that they've got these systems in place to, to do their picks and bands on a public. Oh, man. Like, don't believe us. Go look on the VCT go website. Look. Go look. And you, you can, can see get your favorite team lot. picking and banning the maps. Which uh, one was that? Is it the G2 game? The first G2 game? Dude Don't Bros. believe it. Like... Yeah, he's like, uh, so, like so and subscribe. So are we picking then for the teams that are going to make it into the closed qualifier with the other teams? Is that we're that's just, already made it through? We're just talking. No, because the close, this is going to end this week. So yeah. next yeah. next time we have a Plat Chat podcast episode. Um, we're we're gonna know who's going to join the teams and challengers, right? You know, Fnatic, Gambit, Ascend, all of them. So who who are the who? who there's one or who's it? There's two teams that are gonna make it from EU. There's one team from CIS. There's one team from Turkey. Right. Pick a team. Right. I mean, G two is it Vitality, LDN, United. Is it Denstar? Uh, Denstar didn't look great. No, they're also like adjusting to Doma coming into the roster. So, like, they they sort of have that same look of 10-star from way back when, where they did look quite good, but 
I don't think they have enough time realistically to get to a point where they're qualifying for challenges. As much I as I like this team. I watched, I watched an open qualifier game of them and I was I was fairly happy, but I didn't get to watch them here and they're they're just stat, just stats stats ending and they they're terrible. Stats Steven or whatever. I've asked you can make <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't have I just don't have any like hot hard take on this. I think it's pretty up in the air and if I mean, really, the only team, the, the, rather, the most interesting team is still just G2. And what yeah. state are they going to be in? Are they going to be decent enough to qualify with whatever is happening with that team? Um, I'd like them to. Like, I think an event of that size for that long without G2 yeah. would be a shame. Just, like, for viewership and for the storylines of what they could do. I'd yeah, like to see Vitality sort out their shit, but I just don't believe that they can show you know, up for those big, important games. Speaking about things that you, you'd want to see, I want to see Vitality because you know what's really fun watching? It's really fun watching them choke. <laughs> you're so, it's you're heartbreaking. So, you're so evil this episode. This episode, you lost your mind. Something happened. There's, there's a, something's going on with Ball over there. Check his. I need to check his water supply. There's actually uh, kind of a metal in it. Like, I don't know what's going on. He's just gotten evil. More I just evil I just got LASIK on Friday, and I haven't put my eye drops in, like, two hours. Is that hours. it? Is that, is that, so maybe is that's that what is. You've just no, gotten no, evil no. this episode. I mean, realistically, looking at the teams remaining, and the teams that have already made it, like, it's probably got to be, what the fuck's going on with G2? I do think Vitality is an interesting shout, uh, just because they are. They just kind of do look interesting, like right now but they don't look like they have their shit together totally still i feel like if g2 had had like even a, a semblance of togetherness they probably would have won their match um mm -hmm. so g2 pro i feel like g2 especially if they just pick a roster and run with it and they've gotten their initial match nerves out they probably make it through shout out to yonk as well like uh you bonkers team that i think is rumored to be picked up by an ogs name that escapes me um but yeah like they're in the bracket as well with g2 so that's yeah. a fun game that's going to be on mm. today tundra esports so like that's mm. nice to see those guys being picked up instantly and stuff um i think alliance as well actually did look pretty good like they brought in a uh, zick and cider from wave and you still have Luca playing a jet but it kind of like i said before like he doesn't need to be super flashy because the foundations of the team are looking a lot stronger and i think they're they, I mean, they got knocked out by big, right? So there's, there's, I think they maybe lost a big twice in this tournament. So yeah, they got knocked down to the lower bracket by big in the best of three, and then lost in the lower round three against big. So I think if they play up against really the other teams, they could actually do quite well. Um, along, I think it's them, Vitality, G two for that spot, and Young. Yeah. Which team? actually, I do Vitality. want. Make, actually, I'm, I'm revising. I really do want Vitality to make it too because I like Brams. I think Brams is a really good player. I think I yeah, think he's I, clutch I, as fuck. Well, there I just we don't go. like Vac, so I mean, sure, you don't like Vac, but I like Brand. Why do you like Vac? What's wrong with just... Vac, Baller? What's the problem? What? He's just chaos. He doesn't. He's not even going to give a real answer. He's Dude, just the laughing. state of the meta. Just, top, that the state laughing. of the meta segment just. His brain is Baller will right never now. recover from the okay, state no, of I the just... meta discussion. Oh, well, uh, uh, we're trying to do predictions. So what do you just like pick two teams? Is what I'm I pick my say. teams. I pick my teams. G2, okay. Vitality. G2, we're going right. to make it through for the wrong reasons, and Vitality, we're going to make it through. Crack. What? Ryan. The G2, we're going to make G2, it through. G2, you guys think For the wrong reasons. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm not okay. going to like it, and they're going to do it anyway. I'm going to go for like Alliance and G2, I think. 
Okay. I just think that G2 will just run their way for it, you know, at this point. Like, it's just because they've actually had some games to warm up and they aren't clowning around by picking Fracture against teams that really want to play Fracture. Um, I think that that's, that's, that should be enough. I think their firepower is a lot better than a lot of the teams in here that I'd be really concerned if they lost and then ended up playing in the Polaris VR, VRL, for Christ's sake. That'd be, that'd be a nightmare. Epic. So, Epic. All right, cool. Vitality and Alliance. I don't believe in G2. No cool. belief in G2. There we go. Haters See, everywhere. Haters everywhere. <laughs> Haters I love that. everywhere. Uh, unbelievable. All right. I am going to make the executive decision. I think we should, we could just talk about the Knights tournament once it's over. We don't need to, we don't need to preview yeah. it. This episode is already quite long. So. Yeah, we, 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 we ended up going pretty long. So we, we can talk about the Knights tournament once it actually happens and we see some of the I matches. expected so many more good teams to be in this tournament. So yeah. Yeah, I, that's kind of why I, also, yeah. Didn't a bunch of teams drop out? I mean, some, yeah, Gen G, I think. Was saw, yeah. In, dropped out. So, oh, nine's in it, so that's cool. T1. Maybe they dropped out because they haven't got Rhyme in the States yet. Ah, yeah, probably. Oh. Well, so, uh, that makes we sense. That's the only reason. The facts I have been distributed, and that sounds believable enough to me. Um, but yeah, we could probably talk about that after if there are any interesting games. But um, yeah, weekly award, the last segment. Roll the clip. Most important. <laughs> that really sums up this episode that really sums up this episode alright this week the weekly award two time winner it's going to Ryan Central happy birthday Ryan I just wanted to give it to you for your birthday man that whole champs thing was was a nightmare <laughs> it genuinely was it was the worst it, it was the best worst experience of my life I'll say um but yeah, happy to win it again. Um, yep. Happy birthday, so, Ryan. But it actually wasn't that. that long. That's cool. Yeah. It, yeah. it was just the fact they gave me this like whop ass cake, and I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to like, share it out with people. I'm Wait, like, sorry, oh, what, what type of cake? Big ass cake, <laughs> big ass carrot cake, whatever. Like, it was. A, like the whop. The best, part, the best part of that was like, oh, like I think Dash said, like, oh, it's a carrot cake. We, like, we heard that you liked it. I don't know who we heard that from. <laughs> I don't know who at any point. Was like, yeah, it's his birthday, and also he really likes carrot cake. So great, thanks. But thanks who doesn't like carrot cake? cake? Everyone likes. I mean, cake. I didn't like it in that moment. To be fair, trying to make a decision, and I can't give it out to me because of COVID. Was, so I had this big cake. Cheesecake. You put it in the fridge in the talent room, and I tried to eat some. It wasn't cheesecake. Do you not like so, carrot cake? No, carrot I got it mixed up. I was in the moment. It, what type of cake wasn't important to me? I just I'm... didn't want to see it, so I put it in the fridge, and I think it's still there, probably. <laughs> no, they em emptied that room. <laughs> God, it was a. Uh, yeah. It's I, always. I thought good there was to about to be all this carrot cake slander, and I was going to take offense to that. Yeah, I was. I was. Carrot cake slams. Carrot cake it actually was, slams was, and yes, owns. All right. It was they genuinely thought it was my birthday. Is the worst part. Only one person of the broadcast knew it wasn't, which was the assistant director Leah, who was our producer in EMEA, and um, she just let it slide. Yeah. Well, they don't know you as well as I do. Little do they know today is actually your birthday, which is why you've won the award. <laughs> I am one hundred and fifty-six years old at this point. Wow. Guys, remember to leave a comment saying "Happy Birthday" to Ryan on this episode of Plat Chat. That's my request for viewer engagement happy birthday ryan and uh that, i mean i think that's i mean i think that's it i think we'll just see you next week goodbye everyone watch me bye bye, bye.